Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, everybody. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning, and it feels great to be alive because the Cincinnati Reds finally won a baseball game. They're back in the win column, a win over the Marlins last night in the series opener. Things are back on track, back in sole possession of a playoff spot. Life is good. Blue sky outside. We're doing great. Paul Fritschner up here with you. Tom is back tomorrow. I know it's been a couple of weeks since he's been up here. This is the last day, at least this week, with us sitting up here. Tom will be gone again Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, but he'll be here Wednesday through Friday of this week. This is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We come your way every Monday through Friday, 10 A to 12. That's right. It's a little low energy. But you know who that is. You know whose voice that is. The prodigal son has returned. That is our good friend. Elliot Rearing, sopping wet little boy from Chicago. <laughs> he is back in the chair. Elliot, it's great to see you. It's great to see you, Paul. It's an honor to be here. Do you guys think the Bengals are better now than they were at the end of last season? <clears throat> That's a question that you and I have talked about for a while. Casey, that we've argued about up here for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm happy to be back. I drove into Hamilton this morning. There's the, the brisk air I felt walking in. I, I wore a sweatshirt today. It was a little chilly. Uh, I, I'm sure, you know, I'll be sweating later in the day. But right now, I feel, it feels great to be back in Hamilton. feels great. And I'll tell you what, Paul. I've spent a week, the last week in Chicago. I've made some jokes at the city of Hamilton. I take them all back. Chicago is far worse. Chicago is far worse than Hamilton. Far worse. I'd rather live in Hamilton 10 times out of 10 than Chicago, Illinois. For people who don't know where you were or what you were doing, you were up in Chicago. You were at a video board event. So part of Chatterbox is we rent out a video board to events all over the Midwest. Usually it's Reed, but now it's Elliot that's been taking it around. This was your first event. It was. So you have to take the truck. You tow the big, huge video board on the back of the truck. Yep. If you were at the Bash on Short Vine last year, it's that video board. You yep. would take it around, and uh, you experienced Chicago in that video board, didn't you, Elliot? Yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. The driving was brutal. Uh, the people were brutal. The event was great. The event went great. Shout out to that event. Uh, it was really cool. It was archery. Uh, but I, did have, some, I did, did have some issues at the event. It didn't stop raining the last two days, and I only had my Hey Dudes. So they, I have to go shoe shopping either tonight or tomorrow. I can't be tonight. I'm going to the Reds game tonight. But tomorrow, tomorrow night, I'll probably have to go shoe shopping. I had to sit in a six-hour car ride home in sopping wet shoes, in sopping wet socks. My feet looked disgusting. It looked like Yoda feet. You know, Yoda. Uh, but, so that was bad. It, it just didn't stop raining. It, it was, by the way, check the forecast. And I guess that's what, like, Cincinnati and Chicago have in common, just the weather people don't know what they're talking about. It was clear skies. It was supposed to be sunny. No, full rain, full showers, full showers in Chicago the last two days I was there. So full transparency, we were in our text, uh, you know, on our group thread, and we heard a lot from Elliot the, the day of the Cubs game that he went to with Reed the, on their drive up there, the day after, which would have been what, Thursday? Yes. Okay. Friday and then into Saturday, we didn't hear too much from Elliot. And then Sunday, you were off the grid. And we knew things weren't maybe going so well. They were going well from a point where, like, I was doing my job well. Yes. But it was going bad from a mental state. That's I what was, I mean. I was stressing out. I was freaking out. The rain was getting on my computer. 
Uh, we were having some technical issues because just the rain was just pouring down. I had nothing to stop the rain uh, on our technical equipment. But I, I got it figured out. I used my brain. I do have a brain, despite what some people say. I used it well, and I got through it. But yeah, Chicago was weird, man. I, I, have you been to Chicago? Many times. Why? Like, how do people drive? Like, it's horrible. Like, the traffic goes from, like, so on Sunday and Saturday, it was okay because, obviously, it's a weekend, right? But I, it would, it was, it's about a 20, 19-minute drive from the hotel I was staying at to my place of work. On a weekday, that went up to 55 minutes. Okay, so I'm— 55 minutes. I'm not the best person to ask, being from D.C. Yeah. I'm not the best person to ask on that. Okay. But I don't know if Casey might have a take on that. Casey? You're you a big, you big traffic guy, Casey? Yeah, what's your take on traffic? <laughs> I was talking about my traffic experience in Chicago, Casey. Why don't you get the mud out of your ears? Talking about the traffic that you experienced in Chicago. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it was a lot worse. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what you want to talk about. <laughs> Casey. Okay, but other than that, other than the traffic, it was good. I was re – so we'll go back to the game if that's okay before we get the, really the show started here. Yeah. I The game on Wednesday night, I was looking forward to it. It was great. I looked at Reed. I turned at Reed at some point. Somebody's mic is off. Is it my mic? Whose no, mic is it off? It was mine. It was oh, mine. it was Casey's. Okay. I was working on stuff. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Um, so the game Wednesday, Reed and I, I was very excited. We got there really early. We got really good seats. It's, uh, one, it's first come, first serve when you get to the bleachers there, which is actually a very good rule. Uh, I think that would – I think that would make Great American Ballpark elite, honestly. But, so we get there. It was looking good. Reds take a big lead. I was pumped. I, before the game, I turned to Reed, and I was like, dude, I think I'm going to place the biggest bet I've ever placed on Bedford Sportsbook, the greatest sportsbook known to man. I was like, I was gonna, I'm going to place, uh, I think I had $195 in my account. I'm going to empty the clip on the Reds' money line. And Reed's like, no, no, don't do it, Elliot. No, don't do it. You'll be so mad if the Reds lose. And it got to a point, I, th I forget the score, maybe it was like 5-1 or 5-2, something like that. And I turned to Reed, I'm like, dude, you owe me $195 because I was going to win this. Well, the Reds collapse in elite fashion, fa a fashion in which most teams have never experienced. Reds started kicking the ball around like a bunch of third graders. Uh, and Reed looks at me and he just starts laughing. I told you, I saved you $195. That game was miserable. That game was one of the worst games of ever. Maybe the worst game of I'm trying to think of a worse there's one. There's no way there's ever but that was that was brutal with the Cubs fans yelling at me, pouring beer on my butt. It was bad. It was bad. And then and then the week I was just there by myself kind of I didn't really experience the city. I was a bad driver in Chicago. I'm a really good driver. I was really bad in Chicago. There was a tunnel. Reed told me the tunnel is where uh, they shot Batman. I get in, I get under this tunnel and Trace's truck. Listen. I respect people who drive trucks. I respect them. They got a big heart, and they know what they're doing. They, they got a purpose, you know? I can't drive that truck. That truck was miserable. That truck takes up two parking spots, Paul. It does. Two. I know. I've driven it. That's more than one. And I get downtown, and I'm driving. I'm trying to drive downtown when there's a million people. Everybody's roaming around. Everybody's jaywalking. I used to think jay. I used to jaywalk. I'm not going to jaywalk anymore. That's my dedication now because of how bad it was in Chicago. That's a lie. So I get down to downtown Chicago. I have my GPS on. I'm in this mile-long tunnel. It's apparently where they shot Batman. That's what Reed told me when I was freaking out. I'm like, Reed, where are we going? He's like, oh, they shot Batman here. 
Thanks, Reed. That's going to help me. So I, I'm, I'm stuck in this tunnel. GPS isn't working because we're stuck underground. I don't know where we're going. I almost like drove over medians and stuff. It was crazy. I mean, it was a crazy time in Chicago. The rest of the days, I just pretty much went to work, went back to my hotel. Um, so you did not go to the game the next night? No, I did not. I was going to. I didn't get home from work. I didn't go back to the hotel from work until, until it was too late. And I wasn't going to risk it honestly it was an hour and a half drive to the to the stadium and i didn't i didn't know where the you don't want to take the l yeah i didn't know what the train thing was so well i liked it not to go right i liked it not to go but it was other than that other than that chicago was great other than all of the bad things you just spent nine minutes listing off it was great it was great it was great yeah is ronnie here is he is he yelling at me about sports no he's not here yet okay good the the picture of you in the uc hat looking just down and decrepit <laughs> at the ground was so sad yeah well so that was there it was an archery event and there wasn't a lot of a shade there so i was standing by our video board the issue was our video board was right by the targets so the one of the people of the event were like hey I mean, we got arrows flying at your head. Maybe you should back away. I'm like, this is where the shade is. And they're like, no, I'm, I, I'm just sorry. We, okay, I'm we... going to ask a really dumb question here. Yeah. Because I was thinking about this over the weekend. Yeah. Were they real arrows? Yeah. No. They're... I mean, they weren't. Like, yeah. They're like, they could kill you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, So they're like, yeah, maybe don't stand right by the arrows so your head's going to get taken off. I'm like, okay. So I had to go sit in the sun for the next three and a half hours. That wasn't fun. That wasn't a fun experience. But I'll tell you what. I had a good time. Would I go back? No, but you know, it was a great time. Why, when it was raining, why didn't you sit in the truck? Because the truck's parked, it's not parked by the video board. What's that matter? It, it, it was over there. It was like, it was a 10 minute walk away. Oh, and you had to like babysit yeah. the video board. Yeah, I didn't want to leave the video board. Mm. So you know what you needed? You needed one of those little canopy things that you sit in. I did. You needed one of those. I did. Hmm. But again, it wasn't supposed to rain, so I don't know what I was supposed to do. So you just sat outside and got sopping wet? Sopping wet. wet. Sopping wet. The wettest I've ever been. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with you in the water? I don't know. I don't know. The Reds won, Paul. The Reds won last night. The Reds won 5-2. to two. <laughs> For all of the misery and the despair that this chat was going through for the last five days and especially yesterday for what we had to talk through on the chat thank god the reds won yesterday uh it was funny i, I had a friend text me last night uh at about 6 35 and he said hey do you have any mlb bets for the night and i was getting home and right as i got home and i was putting the car in park i was i got my phone out and i said hey just wait for the reds to get down and bet them live yeah as i was texting that it came in, Marlins won nothing. And I'm going, are we doing this again? First, the first inning Reds are terrible, man. I, I would have to go back and do this research. I'm sure somebody's done it. Maybe Joel Luckup. Somebody has done this. The Reds in the first inning are just, you can't watch the team. It's a home run. It's, you're down three. It's horrible. I mean, it's just horrible. It's not just Dreamweaver. It's everybody. The whole team sucks in the first inning. Strikeouts galore when you, when you come up to the plate. It's terrible. I mean, it's just terrible. But yeah, like you said, I mean, I was concerned last night it was going to be over right from the start. Luckily, things turned around. It was Yuri Perez. Of course, they called that guy back up when they play us. He was they they DFA'd him or whatever they did. They secret DFA'd him so he could just play in the minor leagues 
hide him for a month and then bring him back up so he doesn't go over his innings limit. But whatever. He comes back up. He's looking like the best pitcher of all time. Until he wasn't. Until he wasn't. Until he wasn't. Until he wasn't. wasn't. TJ Friedel, two-run triple. Reds padded on later in the game. 5-2 Reds win. Back in the win column. Back in sole possession of a playoff spot. You know, the other funny thing last night was the uh, the Rockies got up one nothing on the Brewers. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, the Rockies up on the Brewers. <laughs> got busy, did not watch one pitch, didn't see anything of the Brewers. Went back around midnight to check the Brewers' score. 12-1. Yeah. It was 12-1. Yeah. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. <laughs> it was one nothing into like the fourth inning of that game. And then, nope. 12-1. 12 unanswered runs for the Brewers. So, But the Cubs lost. The, the Cubs, Cubs did lose. Cubs lost to the New York Mets, the Metropolitans, uh, who came in, I believe, losing six in a row. They were on a losing streak, Six too. games in a row, yep. So, Reds hold the, hold the wild card spot, the final wild card spot, went by one game, one whole game. Yeah, one whole game. And, you know, Trace was making this point last night on, on Chatterbox Reds and on Twitter um, about the Reds winning the division as opposed to the wild card and getting those three home games in the first round of the postseason. Winning the division here, I mean, this goes without saying, but winning the division is just so important as opposed to potentially taking that second or third wild card spot. Going out there and being able to earn those three home games, being able to play at Great American Ballpark, try to exercise some demons, go out there and win a game, Look, all it took was one win, one win by the Reds, and things are feeling a little better. You see the lineup card yesterday. Kevin Newman's in there at second base. David Bell gives Matt McClain a day off. There was an uproar on Twitter. Why is Matt McClain getting a day off when the Reds are in a race like this? But look, there's two months of the season left. Almost 50 games in the season left. Just about a third of the season still to go. Plenty of time. There's plenty of time. It's not like the Reds are six back and they really got to make a push. They're a game and a half back. 48 hours from now, we could have it be having a conversation that the Reds are in first place. Probably not likely with the Braves or the Brewers playing the Rockies, which, by the way, the Braves lost last night. Biggest upset of the night. Braves lost to the Pirates last night. How about Pittsburgh hanging around? Not actually. They stink. <laughs> no, the they Pittsburgh's stink. not hanging around. They stink. No, Pittsburgh's not hanging around. They stink. Cardinals, too. Cardinals are what? Plus 25,000 to win the division? They've completely fallen off. Well, I would still... I mean, the Cardinals are going to win the division, but I'd still take a flyer. Why not? Even though they sold everything. They're kind of worthless. Adam Wainwright, terrible pitcher. Nick, in the chat, by the way, Nick Kirby. Shout out Nick Kirby. Uh, He just put in the chat, .78 runs in the first inning the Reds are giving up. .5-something for the Reds are hitting in. Not good. Not good. Not not good. Not especially when you know the Reds are what I mean, they're probably ahead of the Orioles now after coming back to win last night. But the most comeback wins in the league, and like I talked about yesterday, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And you saw that catch up to the Reds over the last week or so. Uh, what did you think of Luke Maley? Luke Maley? Well, you saw him pitch. <sighs> yeah, I did. Yeah, he did. He's, he's like the most he's, valuable player. He, he's a regular Shohei Otani, isn't he? It was brutal, man. It was brutal watching. I mean, because whenever I, – I think Lance McAllister, somebody has this take. When you have to put in a position player, that game should be over. That game should just be – I mean, it should just be a forfeit at that point. It really should. Like, it's not competitive baseball. You're taking away the spirit of the game. You're boosting everybody's stats. 
So it's like, I mean, what do we, it's, I mean, it's, there's no difference between that and juicing, right? If somebody hits a home run off Luke Maley, what are we doing here? That's not honest baseball. At that point, end the game, it's a forfeit. That's how I, that's how I think that should be. That's, that's, that's how it should be handled. It so, won't be handled that way. That's how it should be, though. So initially, um, Jonathan India was supposed to come back tonight, which, by the way, how about everybody all of a sudden clamoring for Jonathan India after <laughs> begging for him? I mean, just they're begging for him. They're they need him. They need Jonathan India. I, imagine having to watch Kevin Newman play defense at second base for the rest of this year. I'd want to take my head off. I mean, it's truly horrible. Truly horrible. I, listen, guys. I know he can hit a left-handed pitcher every now and then, but he can't play defense. I mean, it's brutal to watch. Nick Senzel sucks too. I'm sorry, he does. He does. He's not good. He's not good. Does he? Can he hit a left-handed pitcher? Yes. Will the analytics people tell me? Yes, he can hit a left-handed pitcher. Yes, yes, yes. Nobody in their right minds would take those two guys over Jonathan India. Against the lefty, against the righty, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I want Jonathan India back. So does the city. The city needs him. Let's bring back Jonathan India. Come on. Do we think there's a quota for the number of Fairchild, Senzel, Newman innings that have to get played? It seems like that. Seems like we have to hit a quota. Hey, we're gonna trot him out there and see what happens. When Fairchild came up to bat, I think it was the Saturday game. Yeah, I think he was the last out of the Saturday game. Friday, I think. Friday, he came up as the or, last. No, well, he was he was up with a chance to win the game on Friday night okay. with the bases loaded. Either way, Stuart Fairchild is not a Major League Baseball player. He's not. He's not. I, you can show me whatever number you want to see. I, I've seen enough of that guy. I watched him in Chicago make the world's worst error. I mean, he can't field either. I mean, the guy's a triple-A ball player, and that's great. But you can't tell me, like, Chucky Robinson has the same amount of value as Stuart Fairchild. Why, I don't know. Why are people clamoring for Stuart Fairchild to come up and take ABs? Guy sucks, respectfully. I've missed the respect that you throw around. Well, yeah, I listen, I, I respect everybody. I love everybody. But at the end of the day, if you can't play the sport that you're getting paid a lot of money to play, I'm going to get upset. You just respect some people a little less. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But the Reds, are, listen, the Reds, I, I saw people calling for everybody's head, and I was kind of saying it too. Is the season over? Is the season over? Season's not over. Season's not over. They've done this this entire year where you lose four in a row, you win four in a row. You win seven in a row, you lose six in a row. It's literally how they've done this entire season. The Reds are okay. They're going to win tonight. It's Luke Dream Weaver night. Is, is that done? It might be done. It's done. It might be done. It might be done. Are you going to give it a shot tonight? Yeah, of course I am. I will be in attendance for Luke Dream Weaver. I will be in diamond seats for the first time in my life. Whoa. That's going to be very fun. How'd you pull that one off? Zach, uh, my good friend Zach, he was here on Friday or something. He bought me them for my birthday. Oh, not, when's your birthday? May 13th, but they were oh. cheap at this time. Oh. This was like the cheapest series for them, and he got them well in advance, so. Happy birthday. Thank <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Paul, this is a serious program. Let's be serious, please. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, the Reds are back. Reds are going to win tonight. They're going to win six in a row again. We're right back on track. Right back on track. It is crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. The ebb and flow of the fans and the, the tidal wave, it felt like, of what we were having to deal with yesterday. Casey and I just sitting up here. We were like the, the meme where you see all the knives getting thrown and just getting caught in one guy's back. That was just us just taking the chat yesterday. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Casey, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Um, I'm still not quite, uh, you know, I, just based off of Friday – 
and my show on Friday and what my expectations are of the Reds, um, I'm not gonna flip back. I, I'm still on the. You're uh, still out on the Reds. I'm not out on the Reds, like I said. Casey, nobody. I, I have them winning Casey, ninety games. Like Casey, how's that out on the Reds? Casey, <laughs> I listened to your show on Friday, and when you said they lost every series for about a two month stretch, I almost spit out my drink. And then you said they're going to win 90 games. It doesn't work like that, Casey. Yes, it does. Casey. Yes, it does. Casey came Elliot, in here on Friday. Casey came in here on Friday, and he said, Reds are going to lose six out of eight series. The two they don't lose, they split. And they're going to win 90 games. 90. Oh, Casey. Elliot, I mean, we're on pace for that right now. I mean, they, they, they get swept by the Nationals. They win a game against the Marlins. And we, we talked about this, right? I... I Regardless of what the actual, like, if they win a series or don't win a series, that doesn't really matter to me. It's about the win total in the end. If they get to 90 wins, like I predict them to, then they'll be fine. They'll make a playoff spot. Everyone will chill. I'm just predicting how it's going to happen. I think that they could Casey, maybe it would be, Casey, sweep. it's never been done before. What do you I mean? don't think it's ever been done before. What's never been done before? Losing six of eight series in August, and then you come back in September and you win out. That's what your scenario and that's what your scenario had us doing. You can't do it. What do you mean? You can't do it. I I I think that that's... you had us going on a ten game win streak and then winning every series in September. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If it I... happens, Casey, I'll get wet. I'll jump in the river. <laughs> you you have to jump in the river anyway. Yeah, I was. So, I shouldn't have said that because I I was hoping people would forget. No, I didn't forget. Because when I saw the Chicago Cubs hitting home run after home run after home run after home run after home run on Wednesday night, and the videos of you with the bad things happening mid-video, the home run, yeah. the double happening mid-video, and I'm sitting there thinking, this man just has to go and get wet. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, the thought never escaped my mind. I will say Chicago has great food. They have very good hot dogs. Very good. Well, how was the pizza? You went to Lumonati's. Yeah, it was very good. The pizza was very good. I like Chicago's. It's not something like you can eat like every day. It's like heavy. Oh, yeah. It's very heavy. And it's also very expensive. It is very expensive. But Reed bought my dinner that day, right? It was like, a, I mean, it was like you were giving like a pig a good meal before slaughter is what Reed, is what Reed did to me there. But yeah, it, it was great. I mean, it was, it was great. It was a great time. Nick, by the way, Nick Kirby's getting very upset at me saying Stuart Fairchild's a bad player. Nick, I love you, but if you want Stuart Fairchild taking ABs when the game's on the line, I can't help you. I mean, that guy stinks. I mean, he stinks. You could, you could give me every number in the world. He could legitimately be Barry Bonds, and I wouldn't believe in him. I wouldn't believe in Stuart Fairchild at any, at any point in this season, in any scenario, ever. Is it because he looks 15? Because I think that plays. As that somebody that it. also looks infinitely younger than they are. That might be it, too. That's definitely something that you happens. Know, you know what's really stupid about that argument, too? That you, you apparently hate platooning. That's not what we're saying. We just don't like the guys that were platoon, like, platooning out there. Like, let's get an upgrade, right? Like, what's the problem with wanting an upgrade? Yeah. From Stuart Fairchild and Kevin Newman, I don't get. I don't get it. Like, obviously, we're gonna get some more depth in the off season. I, I Fairchild is hope. the one that really gets under my skin. Yeah. I'm with Elliot. He's a Triple A player, and that's okay. You can be a, a career Triple A. It's what everybody says about Chucky Robinson. Chucky Robinson at least contributes at a high level down there. I I, I don't know. Like Matt, I'd rather have Matt Reynolds. Bring up Matt Reynolds. Matt Reynolds is Matt Reynolds is legitimately Barry Bonds in Triple A. Legitimately Barry Bonds. 
I'd rather see that guy up than than Fairchild. Kevin says, Elliot, stick with your Dreamweaver shtick and bad betting takes. Reason sports analysis ain't your strength. It's true, Kevin. It's true, Kevin. I'm. I listen. I. I. I'm. I'm aware of my role. I'm aware of my role, Kevin. I don't know who is this Kevin. Do we know this Kevin, or is he a newcomer? We've had. Uh, we've had a few new guys in the chat in okay. the last couple weeks. All right, Kevin. Shout out you, man. Listen, I'm. Sorry. I don't know if he is new. He may be. He I'm may sorry, be. Sorry, I'm not your cup of tea. Hello, Governor. But no, I, we're. we're good. Ian Jabot pitched last Ian night. Jabot gave was, up a run. He was horrible. He was not good. But he did his job, I guess. A jazz, a jazz home run. But other than that, he was great. Uh, all right, we're going to get back to the Reds in a few minutes. We have a clip um, from last night. Uh, Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown was suspended. And if he was suspended for what on the surface seems like what he was suspended for, then this was the most ridiculous story I have maybe ever heard in sports media. We're going to play the clip, and we're going to let you, if you, you maybe haven't heard it, Maybe you weren't on social media yesterday. We're going to let you try and figure out why he got suspended. Casey, play the clip. Like, this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the Trop this year after winning three of 18. The previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the no. Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. Yeah. I had to listen to that clip. I don't know how many times to try and figure out what I was missing. Did the clip cut? Was there more to it? What did we miss? He was suspended for talking about the Orioles' poor record in the past about the Tampa Bay Rays, against the Tampa Bay Rays. That is one of the most ridiculous, nonsensical suspensions for anything I have ever heard. I cannot believe that that is truly exactly what happened. But from the articles that came out and from the reports that came out, it sounds like it's just about what it seems on the surface. And MLB broadcasting last night took a collective dump on the Baltimore Orioles. Play the clip, Casey. This is Gary Cohen from the New York Mets. Well, we were just in Baltimore watching a resurgent Orioles team that has really gotten the attention of the fans there. They're a young team. They're fun to watch. They're in first place in the American League East. They are just having a great season. And in the midst of that today, the Baltimore Orioles organization draped itself in utter humiliation with their treatment of one of their young broadcasters, a guy named Kevin Brown, who is one of the great young talents in broadcasting in this game. That's line to center field, and Bellinger makes the catch one out. During a recent game at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, 
Kevin during his opening talked about how the Orioles had had trouble winning in the past to Tropicana Field but that they were doing better this year that was really all he said and for that the Baltimore Orioles management decided to suspend Kevin Brown let me just say one thing to Baltimore Orioles management you draped yourself in humiliation when you fired John Miller and you're doing it again and if you don't want Kevin Brown there are 29 other teams who do it's a horrendous decision by the Orioles I don't know what they were thinking but they've gotten exactly the reaction that they deserve and it's just a shame because the Orioles are playing so well and now they've diverted attention from that and now made themselves a laughing look I'm not going to pile on here I, I worked with the Orioles two years ago Kevin was a massive help to me I worked very closely with him for the year I was there I knew him very well haven't talked to him much since I've been gone but he is a young up-and-coming guy in this industry who's not so young anymore who does not just basketball you've probably heard him on football if you're a UC fan I, I'm pretty sure he's done uh, he's done AAC games for years uh, he, he is somebody that you've heard not just in baseball with the Orioles but on MLB radio college football college basketball all over the place he's great he's a good guy I can't get over the fact that they would do something like this. I had seen some rumblings about this on Twitter, just through Orioles Twitter and, and some people that I follow that were wondering where he was when he normally would be on the air. Um, but what a, what a wild thing to do. And not only that, but there was a graphic on the screen. It wasn't like this was mid-game. It wasn't like this was something that was done in the fourth inning or fifth inning and it was just off the cuff and you know, it was a 2-1 count with nobody out and he just starts listing things off. The way a broadcast works, you go into a production meeting before the game, you set up what's called the open or when you come out of, you know, when the broadcast starts at 7 o'clock, if the game starts at 7.05, the open is the first five minutes there before the first pitch of the game. You have a graphic set. You basically set the storyline for the game. Sometimes you feature a key player. Sometimes you feature a stat. Sometimes you feature a storyline. Whatever it might be. Whatever you feel as a broadcast team is the best way to set up the narrative for what you think is going to be the narrative for that night's game is what they do in the first five minutes. The Orioles had struggled mightily in Tampa Bay. But if you've been following this at all, you've known that the Orioles and their fans have traveled exceptionally well down to Tampa Bay this season. They've started to turn the tide. They've overtaken the Rays for first place in the division. The Orioles playing poorly against the Rays and then turning that around and now overtaking the Rays for first place in the division is a massive storyline in the turnaround of Orioles' success. Kevin Brown's just trying to paint the picture of that, and he gets suspended for it. I couldn't believe it. I figured there had to be something more behind the scenes. doesn't feel like anything more is... is uh, going to come out about it. feels like on the surface is what you're going to get with this. Terrible. I mean, just terrible. I, I, I was like you. So when, when I read it, first I thought it was a joke. I, I thought it was some kind of weird joke that was being played. Then I thought, all right, if this is true, then he did something horribly behind the scenes. There is something that the, the Orioles are using that as kind of a PR kind of move. They'll say he's being suspended for this, but really he did something bad. I don't think so. I think, I think he literally just said a stat. And they're like, no, you're fired, bro. What is? What are we doing? Well, and that's the point. That's the point that uh, another broadcaster made. If you go to Awful Announcing's Twitter, yeah. they had a whole thread. Uh, the Gary Cohen one was at the top, but.
but they had a whole thread of every other major league broadcast team that, like I said, basically just took a collective dump on the Orioles last night and their decision to do this. It is unfathomable the way that this happened because, again, this is something planned out. There was a graphic made for it that he was just talking along with. So if you're gonna if you're gonna suspend Kevin, you gotta suspend the producer, you gotta suspend the director, you gotta suspend the graphics off, you gotta suspend the whole truck that had anything. And you're not doing that. No. And they're all great people. Those that that the mass and truck, great people, great people over there. They know what they're doing. They're a smart crew. The whole broadcast crew for the Orioles, good crew, very intelligent, smart crew. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because I was a part of the organization. I worked with them. I got to know them very closely. I still keep up with a lot of them very closely. They are great people that know what they're talking about and have navigated the Orioles and their fan base through a historic turnaround in the last couple of years. The storyline of the Orioles right now should not be Kevin Brown getting suspended for whatever this was. It should be how well they are playing and the fact that for the first time all season, they have the highest odds in the AL East to make the postseason. And it's not like the Orioles are playing bad right now. They're literally playing amazing baseball. He was just saying throughout all the highs this year, this one particular stop along the way is going to prove to be a test. That's not that – you're just reading a stat. I don't get it. I don't get it. And that just goes – the Orioles franchise – and this is with all due respect, I guess, they've been bad for a very long time. They've paid one guy in the last 20 years, and that guy ended up being the worst baseball player to ever play the sport. Shout out Chris Davis, 0 for 80. Uh, but I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I think those owners need to be suspended. I don't, I don't even know how they're able to do that. How does it, like, legally speaking, you're allowed to suspend somebody for literally no cause? Because that was no cause. Yeah, that, so there is a difference, you know, as Tom has talked about up here, there's a difference between when the team hires the broadcasters or when the network hires the broadcasters. Sometimes your paycheck, in this case, it would come from Masson. I don't know if the paycheck comes from Masson or from the Orioles. I, I don't know that. I would assume it comes from the Orioles if they were the one that suspended him, but maybe they weren't the ones that suspended him. Maybe it was the Angelos family telling Masson that they needed to do this. I don't know. I don't know the behind the scenes dynamics of it. I don't remember how exactly it works. Each regional network is different in how they handle it. But that sets a bad precedent. And I thought Gary Cohen made a great point about John Miller, who's one of the most legendary broadcasters in the history of baseball. One of the best to go out there to San Francisco, which by the way, San Francisco. Imagine being a San Francisco Giants fan and getting that broadcast crew. Yeah. Dwayne Kuyper, you know, John Miller, all those guys, radio, TV. What a crew they have. Year yep. in and year out, voted the best booth in the country. But I just can't get over the fact, and maybe I've spent too long talking about this, but as a broadcaster myself, it gets me fired up. I, I, I was sitting there last night. And like I said, knowing Kevin was shocked that he would have said anything out of line. I, I was waiting. Yeah. I was waiting for the the jaw drop. I was waiting for the whoa. I was waiting for the man. I can't believe Kevin said that. Never happened. And, and, and what's going to be crazy is when they when they fix the situation, when they bring Kevin back, Kevin now is going to look 
I'm not going to say he's going to look bad, but he's now put in a tough spot because you have to go work for these people who fired you or suspended you for, for something that shouldn't have been, sh shouldn't have been, had you suspended. So I don't know where you go. I don't know where you go if you're Kevin. I feel for the guy. I, he was put in a horrible spot. Orioles look horribly. At, they look horrible. The Orioles look horrible. So I don't know. I don't know what happens there going forward. And like you said, Paul, it's a bad precedent. You, I, if you want somebody to come on your broadcast and just say only good things about your team, it's not a broadcast, man. That's not how. That's not how sports work. It's not how the broadcast is supposed to be done. You're supposed to have those guys feel emotion. You're supposed to have those guys read true facts, and that's not what they want. So I don't know where you go from there. If you're, if you, I'd be very scared of my job. If, if I'm Kevin going back to work for them and I say, oh, the Orioles lost two or three, suspended. I don't know. It's pretty horrible. It's pretty horrible, though. All right. That's our Kevin Brown talk. I do see Mariana Mouse in the chat. That's not her. Which is not Mariana Mouse. That is Reed. Uh, Reed did not get the social media package on the, on the cruise. Mariana did. So hello, Reed. Hope you're enjoying your time out there on the high seas, wherever you are down there in the Caribbean. You ever been on a cruise? I have not. I saw the Titanic, and that was enough for me. Bad things happen to the Titanic. I, I, listen, I hope Reed's ship makes it back, but I, there, there's, there's one ship that never made it back, and I'd be afraid to be on a ship that didn't, didn't make it back. That's pretty scary. That's pretty scary. There's sharks in the water. I don't get in the ocean if it's, like, past my ankles. I'm not going to get on a big cruise ship that weighs 2 trillion tons and have that thing sink. How do they float? I don't know. I don't get it. What, what, what is the buoyancy there? Look, buoyancy. What does that even mean? Big word. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, but I'm not going to do it. I hope, listen, I hope it doesn't cross their minds when they're laying and the boat's rocking and then there's a chance the boat sinks. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm not going to get on one. <laughs> I'm sure what? Reed would make room what? on his door frame, right? What? I'm sure Reed would make room on his door, right? Oh, for Elliot? Yeah. I don't know. Would he? No, probably not. Would you make room on your door for El for Reed? Yeah. You say that with all love and respect. I'll do. Yeah, all love, all all respect for Reed. I hope Reed's having a good time. We we mentioned him, and now he's not in the chat anymore. Do you uh, do you have any takes on the Bengals, Reed or uh, Elliot? I I Bengals. did anything happen? Well, over the weekend, and I we talked about this yesterday. Uh, Jamar Chase was talking about how he said, hey, look, oh, if, if Joe Burrow's not ready for week one, he doesn't have to come back. We had a caller in yesterday. I forget who it was, but we had somebody call in yesterday and say, if Joe's not ready, throw Trevor Simeon out there week one against the Browns. And I said, you're punting week one against a divisional opponent I, just like last year? I think the players are pulling some kind of weird prank. I do. Because I, I legitimately, like – I have sources, and I don't like to brag about this, but I do have sources that say nobody in the, in the, in the locker room is concerned about this injury. He will be there week one. It is, un, it is unquestionable. He will be there week one. There's no doubt in my mind he'll play week one. But I love, I love them stirring it up. Maybe it's so, like, the fans will be even more pumped to see Burrow out there. I don't know. But I'm not concerned about Joe Burrow. Yeah. I'm not concerned. By the way, not to change the subject again here. Yeah, go ahead. Last night, uh, Alexis Diaz came in in the ninth inning. Back to the Reds. Sorry, bad transition, but we're going to do it anyway. No, that's fine. Watch this transition. Go. I think Alexis Diaz needs like a two-week stretch where he just can't pitch because he looked bad last night. 
He looked bad last night. Two more walks for the guy. I think, listen, I think Alexis Diaz is the best, best closer in the National League. He needs a break. He needs, like, some sort of mental off day where he's just not put in this position to keep going. Because Tom is right. Uh, Tom Brenneman said, I, I think it was, I don't know, earlier in, uh, earlier in July, he said, eventually it's going to come to a point where this bullpen's just gassed. I think we're at that point. I think we're at the gassed point. So I don't know how you're going to get through it. Ian Jabot, and again, as much as I make fun of Ian Jabot, Ian Jabot plays every single game. He, he pitches in every other game. So shout out to that guy for always being available, always being ready. But Alexis Diaz, man, you can see it. It's starting to wear on him. And I think he just needs a point where Lucas Sims needs to be better. We need Lucas Sims to be trustworthy in the ninth inning. He needs to stop walking guys. Eventually, Vladimir Gutierrez is going to come up. Eventually, TJ Antone is going to come up. But you can see it in the bullpen where it's just taking a toll on him. Ian Jabot, it would be great if Ian Jabot was a little more reliable. It would be. For as many innings as he gets, and you know when they flash the graphic up on the screen and they say number of appearances out of the Reds bullpen, it's and Ian Jabot is always at the top, it'd be better if I didn't... See, here's the thing. The highlight of Ian Jabot's outing is when I know I can go to Twitter and see E-Train513 tweet about <laughs> fish and chips. The highlight is not actually watching him throw the ball towards home plate. It would be nice if it was the other way around. He's pitched. He has. He's. He's thrown fifty-five innings, fifty-five and two-thirds innings this year. He's been. Pheno I mean, he's been phenomenal. I just like. There's no way around it. He has a three ERA, almost a two WAR on the year. He's a reliever. The, the dude has been an absolute unit. He's been a tank. Do I trust him? No, I don't. But his numbers are going to prove me wrong every single time. So guys like that are so valuable to this team right now. As again, starting pitching going four innings last. We haven't even talked about Brandon Williamson pitched. One of the best games of the year last night. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, it was starting pitching, especially over the last week when just the bullpen was just taxed, gassed, everybody was dead. Uh, that's going to need to change. If the, Reds are, if the Reds are going to be serious playoff contenders, starting pitching is going to have to go at least five innings, probably six innings, and you give guys like Ian Jabot, you give him the seventh, you give Lucas Sims the eighth, you give Diaz the ninth. That's ideally what happens. But what's happening now is Jabot's having to go in the fourth. So that's going to be that's going to need to be changed immediately. Hunter Green, he's been pitching down there. Uh, I, where is he? Is he in AAA? Or is he's he... in AAA now. Okay. So he's in AAA he's now. He's close. Uh, Hunter Green, a couple more days away, about a week, a little bit more than a week away from Hunter Green returning. That's going to help massively. I still don't know the date. Gutierrez has got to be really close. I saw him pitching uh, down there as well. I don't know. I still don't know about TJ Antone. I don't know anything about TJ Antone, but – Eventually, we're going to get some help here. Sam Moe, I think, has been pretty good I, as far as I'm concerned. You talk about Brandon Williamson. Six and two-thirds innings last night, three hits, just the one run. Didn't walk anybody, nine strikeouts. The only, the only run was the home run in the first inning, and he buckled in after that. I don't think he even really got hit until the sixth inning. Or the, the, you yeah, know, he only gave up two hits game. in between yeah. with the home run. His stuff's nasty. I, I came on this show, and I said – Brandon Williamson wouldn't throw a pitch for the Reds next year. Hand up. I was wrong. I was wrong. Brandon Williamson's very good. He's going to be very good, very, very good in the future. So shout out Brandon Williamson. It was also a point last night where I had to think to myself, everybody's been calling for the head of Joey Votto. Oh, Joey Votto. He only hits home runs. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, is that all he does? Because, again, he had another home run last night. If you're going to hit 200 and you're going to have the power that Joey is bringing to the lineup week in, week out, you have a spot on the roster. I don't care. You have a spot on the roster. You have to. 
right? Pete Alonso, you're seeing with Pete Alonso, you're seeing with Max Muncy out in LA. Guy hits 185, but he hits 35 home runs. He's got like 25, 28, I don't know how many home runs he has, but he's, he has the power. If you have the power, Joey's OPS is well above average. I think, I think the Reds absolutely have a, have a spot in Joey Votto right now or have a, a, a confident role in Joey Votto. And that goes back to the conversation that we've had now about platooning for the last week to two weeks where do you want Joey Votto in the lineup or do you want one of these other guys in the lineup? Yeah, and that's what I'm having an issue with because Nick Kirby is right. Nick Kirby has said it. I think Trace has said it. The big red platoon works. David Bell made a genius move early in this season that he was going to do this. He was going to platoon Fraley against uh, righties. He was going to bring Senzel, uh, Senzel and Newman against lefties, right? And it has worked up until this point. But we're at a point now where I can't have Nick Senzel taking meaningful at-bats when the game's on the line. I don't care if it's a lefty. I don't care if it's a righty. That, the quality of his at-bat is not going to be the same as somebody else's. I'd rather have Joey Votto up than Nick Senzel. Is that wrong? Statistically, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I know I'm wrong when I say it. But that's how I feel. That's, I would rather see Joey Votto at least work a meaningful at-bat than go down on three pitches. I know Senzel's hitting great against lefties. I get it. I get it. But I just don't I, – I can't buy it at this point. I think what's tough to stomach is knowing that Joey Votto is sitting on the bench in place of the names of Nick Senzel, Correct. Stuart Fairchild, Correct. Kevin Newman. When you flip the lineup card on – when at Reds tweets it out, whatever time they tweeted out this afternoon, and you see, you know, Kevin Newman in there instead of Joey Votto, look, Paulie, they don't play the same position. It's just look, it's just tough to swallow the names and seeing those names in there instead of a guy like Joey Votto, who's clearly showing value to this team right now in the way that he's hitting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And respectfully to Stuart Fairchild, I just don't see it. I don't see it in Stuart Fairchild. I don't see it in Kevin Newman. I don't see it in Nick Senzel. I know why the Reds do it. I know why David Bell does it. And to this point, it has worked. But eventually, it's got to stop. I need Jonathan India back. I need, I need, I need Jonathan India back. Was, it wasn't a banner week for David Bell, but I do think he probably caught a little too much flack in the last six days. We always will. Reds fans despise David Bell. David Bell has saved this season, and the Reds fans just hate him for it. They were projected 64 wins. What more do you want David Bell to do? I saw somebody tweet out, fire the hitting coach. I don't know who the hitting coach is. Neither did the guy who tweeted it. <laughs> Reds, have the best, Reds have the best offense in Major League Baseball. People are firing or, or, or clamoring for coaches to be fired. Listen, guys, David Bell is, is a very instrumental part of this team, and he's been a large part of the success of the Reds this year. A large part of it. Nick Nick Kirby's a big fan of him. Everybody's a fan of him, except for the loud the loud minority on Twitter right now who's going around saying fire David Bell. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. He's done everything right. He deserve he deserved the three year extension. I'm happy David Bell is our manager. Uh, Casey, I am sending you something to bring up on the screen. We're not going to do it right this second, but we're going to talk about it in a few minutes. Okay. Absolutely ridiculous sports story that you're going to see here in a, in a few minutes. Not breaking news, but something crazy. Uh, the Reds. I, I, I the, Again, you're at a point now where, t what's today? August 8th. It is, there's about a month and a half, a little over a month and a half left in the season. Just under 50 games left. 
and the Reds are in sole possession of a playoff spot. They're a game and a half out of the division. I still think they're going to win the division. I do. Call me crazy. Their odds rocketed up this week. They were even odds at one point last week with the Brewers. I was telling Casey that the vibes on Wednesday when we came in here. Yeah. After the Reds had won. Well, I guess that would have been Tuesday, right? Tuesday, the, the, the day the Reds beat the Cubs and we came in here and did the show. Tuesday. Was that, that was Tuesday. We came in here Tuesday morning. I don't know if the vibes have ever been higher in this studio than last Tuesday morning. Reds were in first place by a game and a half. They had just beaten the Cubs in a thriller. Then they lost six in a row and looked like they had never played the sport of baseball ever in their lives. That, that is the part where I'm a little concerned because good teams don't go on that type of collapse. Like, you can lose six in a row and still be like, all right, this is a playoff team. You can't lose six in a row, have 10 errors in a week, give up 50 runs in a span of four games. It just can't happen the way it happened. That's the part where it's like, all right, this team's at least a year away. To me. I still think the season's on. I still think there's a chance the Reds make the postseason, win the NL Central. But good teams, the Dodgers don't lose the way the Reds did last week. It you, doesn't happen. No, you make a really good point. Where you're kicking the ball around. You're making errors. You're not hitting. You're throwing a, the same position player twice in a row. Yep. In two straight games. Yep. Luke Maley takes the ball. That can't happen. Can't that happen. doesn't happen. I, 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 and again, you look back all around Major League Baseball, you look at the good teams. These teams go on bad streaks. You have bad games. You have bad weeks. You have bad months, right? Major League Baseball, it's 162 games. You're going to go through it. You just can't go through it where you're not a, major, you're not a professional organization. I mean, they legitimately, the Little League World Series is going on right now. I think Williamsport's not here yet, but it's going to be here. It was worse. Than, they would have lost to, like, Pennsylvania Mass, whatever, whatever the team was that plays in Pennsylvania. They would have lost to them this past week. That's how bad it got. Defensively, pitching-wise, the bats went away, too. So we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. We're going to get right back on track. The Reds have done it all year. But yeah, so let's, let's go do it. Yeah. All right. I was Maybe. just going to add on to that. I mean, that's what Paul and I were talking about the last couple days is that the bats needed to return. At least we got some of that last night. Yeah, they looked more aggressive. Yeah. They did what they were, you know, they were being aggressive on the base pass. They, they were doing everything that we talked about yesterday. Just actually were able to out, go out there and execute it. Got to gotta keep continuing this, this, uh, this, this, uh... yeah. Casey, I just sent you a tweet. Yep. Bring this up on the screen. I'm going to read the tweet. If you're listening on a podcast, you can see this. Vanderbilt's first bank stadium has been under construction for the last several months. Due to several setbacks and weather delays, the playing surface will not be ready for the home opener on August 26th. Games will be held at Pearl Cone High School till the field is ready. Hawaii is going to play Vanderbilt at a high school. A high school. A Division One. SCC team is going to play their football games at a high school. Do you think they sell out the high school How without they, looking at the stadium for Pearl Cone High School? I've looked at this. Have you seen the stadium? No, I have not. Oh, it's bad. The, the high school stadium is? Yeah, it's bad. Uh-oh. You got to uh -oh. Casey, if you can find it or somebody can find it, it's bad. This is like when you look at the conference realignment. Oh, my God. That's happening in, 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 in college football. How pissed do you Send think the SEC is that they have to deal with Vanderbilt? 
They have to deal with Vanderbilt. It's the most embarrassing football program in the history of the sport. And they just have them dwindling at the bottom of this, of this conference. It's horrible. Okay, I just sent two the, pictures. They're an unserious football program. I was getting ready to say unserious. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. You say it now. They're an unserious football program. Exactly. When I, when I was down there uh, a couple months ago for the NCAA tournament, the, ba the baseball team it plays in the shadow of the football stadium. And I was like, there's no way this is going to be ready. There's no chance. That's the high school they're going to play at. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I must show the aerial view of this. That's the high school. The aerial view is damning. The, the aerial view is worse than this, if you can imagine that. It, it looks, what are we doing? It looks so bad. It looks bad. like Manchester. And to answer your question, Paul, I, no, I don't think they'll sell that out. I don't think people will show up. That's embarrassing. Get that, rid of that football program. That's a Blanchester field right there, guys. That is. That is. All due respect to Blanchester. Casey killed a cow. Kay, uh, Elliot, we yeah. also have not gotten your thoughts on college football realignment, which is a disaster for the sport. Disaster for this sport and for college football and, and every – really – in my opinion, what will be a disaster for college athletics in the long run that people don't maybe realize right now. They will. Disaster. Elliot, your thoughts. So, so here's the thing. It's horrible for the sport. It is. Unquestionably, it's bad for the sport. The, you, know, you think of college football, and I, Paul said it yesterday. He was interviewing Justin Williams of the Enquirer. And it's college yeah, football. But it's, it's okay. huh? Athletic. Just kidding. Athletic, sorry. Yeah. Uh, we were interviewing him. You were interviewing Justin Williams, and, and, and Paul was saying, no, college football is about the pageantry. It's about the rivalries. These aren't ri – Oregon versus Ohio State isn't a rivalry. Like, this it's, – it's not – you're taking away the magic that was college football, and you're making it legitimately the NFL part two. And, if, and I'm concerned if you do that, it's going to be like the AFL. It's going to be like the XFL. It's going to be like leagues that just try to copy the NFL's model, and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Now, I know people are going to say, well, Elliot, we're going to watch anyway. And you will. I will, too. But it does take away a large part of it. But here's the part people aren't thinking of. You're not thinking of, like, the track team. You're not thinking of the golf team, who now has to go wake up in the morning at 2 a.m. so they can fly to Oregon from Ohio to go play a match against, against the Oregon golf team if you're Ohio State. Like, these are the things, like, it's going to have a trickle-down effect on all the other sports. And I get it. Football, football funds all of those sports. They do. 100% football and basketball, Division I college basketball and football, fund the other sports. But to punish all those athletes, to punish all those student athletes who now have to worry about studying for tests at God knows what time, take their tests, because a lot these people aren't professional athletes, right? They're just college kids. They're trying to, to take their classes and go to school. That's not what's happening now. It's, it's, go, it's going to hurt college football. Now, if I, if I go on the reverse side of things, college basketball as a UC fan – I love it. It makes our conference so much better. Big 12 college, I mean, it's un undoubtedly the best conference in basketball. Undoubtedly. Big so, 12, yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But without a doubt, it's going to ruin college sports. And eventually, Paul's been saying it. I think Paul, Paul maybe read. At some point, they're going to be like 10 years down the road. You know what we should do? We should separate these guys by regions. Maybe have the, the schools closer together being a conference with each other. And it's just going to repeat the whole cycle over again. This little, this little test, this little experiment, this is a short-term thing. This will be out in five to ten years. Just like what you and I were talking about after the show, Casey, yesterday, where you said, okay, we have the big 
the big 18. We have the big 18, but let's split them up into divisions. Yeah. And we'll just make those divisions, uh, let's see, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just keep those guys over there. Yeah, I don't know what they do. I mean, I, right now, as it stands, I think this is the worst iteration of any realignment that they've done. Um, I think eventually it, it turns into uh, the super conferences, like everyone's saying. There's like 150 teams in college football. I bet you... It's a 50-50-50, Big 12, Big 10, well, Big 18, whatever you want to call it, and SEC end up getting together, and then they break those up into divisions and regionalize it, and it's the whole cycle all over again. It's just named differently. I, you know, and, and Everett points out in the chat, it's been happening for decades and the machine rolls on. I, I do think there is an element to that where we have seen this before, college sports figure it out, life moves on the difference here though is we have never seen geographically realignment the way that it's being realigned right now remember back in 2013 when the aac formed and uconn was in the same conference as smu and everybody thought that was banana lands yep. that uconn and smu were in the same conference and they were going to have to fly that far back and forth to each other to play each other or when west virginia joined the big 12 from a major conference standpoint, how big a deal that was than Maryland, that Rutgers, Rutgers playing Nebraska. Now, all of a sudden, Rutgers is going to have to play UCLA. What happens when a Rutgers track athlete is stuck on the fourth lap of their event out at UCLA, out in, out, out in California, and they got to be back for something at Rutgers? The next morning, take an overnight flight. Newsflash, red-eye flights are no fun. Also, <laughs> newsflash, those teams don't charter. And if they do charter, that's more money out of the budget that these schools already can't afford. That they're just praying to God that the TV money pays for. Which, oh, by the way, a lot of these schools are betting on that. Washington State bet on that. 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whenever it was... They took a bet on the Pac-12, and they said, we're going to trust that the Pac-12 comes through with their revenue. They renovated their, their uh, stadium. They invested in coaches, which didn't end up working out. Mike Leach, I guess, to a certain extent, but not really. They got the name, not really the success that they had hoped for. And now, all of a sudden, their revenue is straight in the tank, as Tom would say. And they're left behind. Oregon State... Washington State, these schools that have decently big brands that every once in a while you'll get a team from one of these schools that you think, oh, that, that's a good team. That team was fun to watch. That team was serviceable this yeah. year. Yeah. You're not going to get that anymore. It's because they're going to get absorbed by the Pac-12. You're going to have California, Cal, I mean, who doesn't care. Talk about unserious anymore. <laughs> what are they doing? Golden Bears. Your Golden Bears. How's a bear sound? Is that a bear sound? Yeah, it's a bear sound. Stick to your zebras. Do you think? Do you think? So, if we go, to, if we look at college basketball, obviously there's a ton more conferences in college basketball, a lot more teams as well. Do you think this affects that? When do you think that change will affect the basketball scene? So, like, will the Big East be eaten up? Will the Big East be eaten up by the Big Twelve? Will they be eaten up by the Big Ten? 
I don't because I think that's where it's going. I I, I think that's where it's going. These are just going to be massive conferences, and at the end, there's going to be like five conferences left in college basketball, just hundred conferences of fifty teams. Yeah, I've thought. I think UConn is a what what UConn ends up doing. I think is going to be a big deal for the Big East. It was a big deal for them to come back to the Big East three years ago. And I think them making a decision now, it's been rumored for the last few months, looked like a done deal for a while. Now, maybe not so much of a done deal that UConn was going to go to the Big 12. They have football, obviously not the football program that a lot of these Big 12 schools have. But the Big 12 is also losing two of their premier college football programs to the SEC. Big 12 is going to become a predominantly basketball-centric conference. Football will always financially rule the roost, but basketball-wise, it'll be far superior to football. Far superior to what their football program programs are able to produce. The Big East is a, it's a unique one because there's no other conference in college basketball anymore, at least, that has a claim like the Big East does. They yeah. No other conference cares about basketball solely about basketball from a, a revenue sport perspective like the Big East does. They don't have football. So for these Big East schools, you know, you look at schools like Butler, schools, I mean, any really of the Midwest schools, Xavier, Butler, DePaul, Creighton, Marquette, you know, what happens to those schools if this app, if, if a couple of the schools go to the Big 12? Is the Big 12 willing to take on some of those schools in basketball only, even though they don't have a football program? Because a lot of those, but you think about Villanova. Yeah. Won two national championships in three years. I know Jay Wright is not there anymore. But the Big East, since realignment, has never been in a better spot than it is right now with Rick Patino, Sean Miller, Dan Hurley. I mean, the Big East is in the best possible spot it has been in since realignment save for winning two out of three national championships they have the reigning national champions they have an incredible list of coaches but they are in a kind of precarious spot without football without the thing that drives the bus for a lot of these major conferences now credit to val ackerman the commissioner of the big east she's been on the forefront of conference realignment talks for a while the big east has an incredible contract with Fox, incredible TV contract with Fox that does expire in two years and is something that is going to be a pretty significant deal for all of this. I don't know what's going to happen with that TV contract. I wouldn't be shocked if the Big East went to some sort of a streaming model. At this point, but, do you think they would take in football team football teams i call them football teams football sc- schools with football programs so they get to now join the big east basketball wise but they also now get to have the football market right i don't know who they would who they would get yeah i'm trying to think of what what school that would be but maybe maybe some of the pac12 rem, remnant remnants well uh, the obvious the obvious choice here if the big east was to go national is gonzaga yeah that's the obvious choice because i think if you lose yukon but gain gonzaga I think that's a fair trade. Yep. Now, a lot of UConn fans would say, 
okay, well, we have the, the national championship pedigree. Look how many national championships we've won this decade. I, I, I understand that. I understand the, the final four, the national championship pedigree, Blue Jim blood. Calhoun, Dan blue Hurley, blood. all that. I, I would say so. Yeah. I would say UConn's a blue blood. Blue blood. I would say so. But if you want to go national, I think the Big East adding Gonzaga would be an, an even swap on that perspective because Gonzaga has figured it out out there. And we got to get Gonzaga off of like these stadium.com streams or whatever they are that, yeah. they, that they're on when I have to turn on a Gonzaga game at 1130 yep. at night yep. and they're playing in Pepperdine's gym. That can't happen anymore. <laughs> they're beyond that. But they're not because they still play in that conference. The WAC. Or WCC? WCC. Yeah, but it's interesting. We'll see. We'll see. I think it's overwhelmingly negative. People are still going to watch, and everybody will make their money. So I think college basketball is in a better spot than football. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think they are in a much better spot than football right now because the football programs – and this goes back to not having Jacob sitting here and arguing Correct. the opposite point because all three I of was, us – I was all, just about to bring up something that is regarding that. Elliot, I'm about to play devil's advocate here. Here we go. Oh, here we go. You argued that it doesn't make sense for some of these teams in the MAC to not try to compete for a championship. Well, if we had mega conferences and they're slotted into the Big 12, that allows them to compete – for a championship because they have the Big 12 pedigree. Correct. That's correct. So would, would, would you be in favor of something like that? you think that's where they should go then, knowing that? I, I, it's a good point, Casey. It's a very good point. I don't think I would – I still don't think I'd sign on for it at that point. I, because at that you're, – you're, 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 you're pushed so far down the line where there's 50 teams in that conference and you're at the bottom, right? You still control your destiny. You are right. But I don't think in the long term it fixes any problem, right? If you look at the MAC, the MAC has has had no teams leave, no teams join in like the last seventy years. It's the purest conference in football in college football, from that standpoint. They have zero point zero percent chance of ever making a national championship. They have a zero point zero percent chance of ever competing for a national championship. I do think that is, I do think that is something. So I think that would be a, a benefit for teams like those guys. But they're not going to change. They're not going to change the model. I don't, I don't. I don't know why you would. I think that's really the. If you look at the MAC, they're the last. Like when you think of rivalries, tradition, history, go look at the MAC because that's college football. That's what everybody wants in college football. That's the Mac, MAC is the last conference to still have it. Mike Ackley, our guy Mac, Mike Ackley, points out the MAC is America's conference. That's right. They are. I was. I, I was a proud member of the Toledo Rocket Army. Uh, shout out, go Rockets. I'm happy to be a part of it. Maction, baby. Nothing better than a Tuesday night Maction game. Not one thing better. Really, nothing. We should all – I don't know if Miami plays – they have to play a home Maction game this year that, that would be worth going to. Oh, yeah, we could go. Oh, yeah. We should go to one. Yeah, do I'm some, down. Do some, comment from, do, do some content from a, a, Maction, a Maction game this year. Because we said we were going to do that last year. We were hoping we could get oh, we Tom gonna... to the OU game. Yeah, the that OU Miami happen. game. Yeah, listen, now you guys have you, you guys have me at your disposal now. So I'm gonna go full jester. I'll go wherever we go, and we'll just we'll just make some content for the people. Uh, Casey, are we taking phone calls today? Yeah, throw the yeah, phone call can... number on the screen Let's again, do Casey. It. So the, it is a three-step process, Elliot, yeah. to uh, get phone calls on the show. So you have to dial the number. Yeah. Then you have to put an access code in. 
Then it asks, asks for a pin. You got to hit the pound sign. So this is a three-step process. If you want to call in, you can see it there on the bottom of the show. If you want to talk to me, you want to talk to Casey, you want to talk to Elliot, you want to talk to all three of us, call in. We took some great calls yesterday. We, we did calls. We weren't sure what we were going to talk about for the last half hour or so of the show yesterday. And we took calls for a straight 80 minutes. Yeah, I was surprised. 80 minutes, basically, we, we did calls yesterday. Were there some good callers? There were. Yeah. There, there were. were yesterday was the best call-in segment that we have done on the show. There we go. Yesterday was the best call-in segment yeah, that we've had here say, on Off the Bench. I would say in times that we've tried to do this in the past, we've only had like two or three callers. Yesterday we had maybe triple that, maybe quadruple that. We had a lot of callers. So. Is Casey screening these calls? Or are we just going Lucy Goose? No, no, we're Lucy Goose. No, we're firing bit. from the hip. So when I worked at 700 W, when I worked at a, a competing company, uh, we would have to screen calls, right? And there would be some people. I'd work late shifts at the competing company, and we'd work late shifts, right? And there'd be some people that call in drunk late at night, and I'd have to deal with these people. There would be people who would call in, and they'd be like, "What was the score of the Reds game?" <laughs> they'd dial up the number. And, they, and they'd ask me, who won the Reds game tonight? Where do they play tomorrow? By the way, shout out Norma Jean. That was one of the ones who did it. Norma Jean, she was a wonderful woman, at least 250 years old. But she came on, and, and, and yeah. So, okay, were we doing it? I think we got to call her. Norma Jean. I know she's not watching this. She Throw your headset on. Computer. <laughs> she did. She'd know the score of the Reds game. That's true. All right, who we got? Can you hear me? All right, we can. My name is Drew Garrison. I'm calling from Mimesburg, Ohio. I'd like to speak to Elliot. <laughs> Hi, Drew. Listen, I'm going to the Reds game tonight. Who's going to hit a home run? <sighs> Drew, I've been debating this. You're the this. best gambler on the face of the planet. Tell That's me who's true. going yard. Stuart Fairchild. A lot. No, not, don't you dare, <laughs> Drew. Don't you dare bet. Uh, it's going to be Nick Senzel, isn't it? Me, hold on. Hold on. Let me think. Let me think. It's you know what we're gonna go back to back strand. No 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 no. Take that away. We're going McLean. McLean home run. He was off yesterday. It's gonna be McLean. Bedford Sportsbook, the greatest sportsbook known to man. That's where I'm gonna put my money. So if you go to ballparkpal.com, yeah. Great American Ballpark does have the highest percentage chance tonight to see home runs. All right, we're going Matt McLean. Twenty bucks on a home run. All right, that's I'm gonna follow you, Drew. We're gonna do it together, baby. Nick, by the way, Nick Kirby. Go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you no you go ahead. I just wanted to say before I go, I will defend Elliot against all enemies, foreign and domestic, at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Drew, I love you very much. Have a good day, brother. Have a great day. You have somebody in your corner. That's right. It feels good to have people in my corner. All right. We've got uh, another caller. Let's go, baby. Here we go. Here we We're go. raking in the calls. Who do we have? PB's Ghost. PB's Ghost. PB. Uh, sorry we don't have Reed here to show you the shorts, PB. <laughs> Well, I'm sure he's flashed them on the cruise ship. We just hope his wife doesn't push. <laughs> what do you have for us? Uh, I was just going to say, you know, that, that I think that the Reds made a mistake by not bolstering a little bit of pitching over the trade deadline. Um, I know that Kirby and, and Elliot sometimes want to uh, tout the prospects, but there's a reason why the prospects. Uh, we've seen that before, and we think, I think that they've got their pretty much everyday lineup out there on the field now. There may be a couple of places. They're weak in the outfield. Improve well. But uh, I think that the strength of this 
strain on the bullpen is uh, showing. I think hoping that Antone is going to make a difference is whistling past the graveyard. And, you know, we still don't know if Green's going to be back by the 20th. Dolo's going to be back by the September. Um, it'll be a Herculean, Herculean effort to uh, win the yeah, I, I think if you look at the Reds' roster as is, it certainly could use a starting pitcher. The, the thing I have is what happened last week, the disaster that ensued last week, that was not being fixed by Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander doesn't fix that problem where, we, where you give up 47 runs on 15 errors, right? I do think Brandon Williamson has been proven at this point to be a, a solid piece in the rotation. Graham Ashcraft has been one of the best pitchers since the All-Star break. Actually, since the, for the past couple months. Yeah, right? even going back before that. Yeah, yeah I, you, look at, you look at, we see what happens with Andrew Abbott. Ben Lively, before the blow-up, before the catastrophe that happened in Chicago, was, was more than serviceable. Hunter Green is coming up. At some point, Vladimir Gutierrez is coming up. And again, I get, I get the point. I get, I get getting another starting pitcher helps this team unquestionably. But I don't think it fixes the the problem with this team, which is depth, right? You need a lot more of it at right. this point, not just one pitcher. But I do agree with you that a starting pitcher at this point certainly couldn't hurt this team. It would only help it. Right. I'm not just saying starting pitch. They could have maybe bolstered the bullpen a little more. I'm not talking about a Justin Verlander either. Um, I think Abbott may have reached his innings that he's going to be effective because of the uh, small amount of innings pitched prior to this. And um, it, I mean, facts are that none of us expect this team to be where they are now. But um, for next year, they've got to start developing some depth in their minor league with pitching. It's going to be viable to come up when guys like Connor Green or Lodolo are hurt. This is the second stint that Green has had on EL since he's been a major leaguer. Um, so, you know, there are some there's some chinks in the armor, and we got to hope that the young guys play up to the same potential next year. But my argument was, you know, that if they could have gotten a little bit more depth maybe in the bullpen or maybe a midline starter for some of the lower-grade prospects like some of the other teams did, the Marlins went out and made some moves to fill some of their weaknesses. It's just uh, I don't – I've never been a big guy on prospects because you don't know what they're going to be until they get to the majors. And out of all of them, Right now, Matt McClain seems steady. I love Ellie, but I think Matt McClain is a guy that's probably going to be better for the duration. Yeah, yeah, we're breaking up with you just a little bit there, PB, but I, I, I think you are right. I think boostering, uh, or excuse me, boosting this, this bullpen would have helped significantly. I think what happened, though, in Nick Kroll's mind is we are going to get TJ Antone back. We're going to get Vladimir Gutierrez back. We're getting some guys back that we didn't have our, at our disposal. So what kind of value would we be bringing into this, in this clubhouse when we have guys coming up? That means Fernando Cruz would have to go down. That means, uh, I, don't know who, I don't know who, Daniel Duarte, I guess, would Duarte, go down. Duarte, yep. So I, I, get, I get the point, but I think he was really backing, banking on, on, on these guys coming up. Yep. Yep. Hey, thanks, guys. Make sure we get some pictures of Reed and those booty shorts on the boat. That's right, baby. And uh, – We'll talk to you later. I've been in and out. Uh, like I've said in the chat, I've had spinal fusion surgery. I'll be in and out. I won't be in every day like I was. But uh, I'll do my best to be here. 
PB, you're love the best. You, love you, PB. We love you, PB. You are one of the one of our favorites in the chat, and uh, we hope you're all. We, we hope you're doing all right. We hope you're doing all right with the yep. surgery because we know that uh, you were out for a while with that. So we hope uh, that you're doing all right and you're feeling better. Thank you, guys. All right, see ya. Do we have anybody else, Casey? Uh, someone came in and then they left right right oh. away. So brutal. Ah, oh. brutal. Well, we have 14 minutes until the tracer joins the show. Um, Elliot, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch you on a few questions to the tracer. Come up, we, come come up with a few. Come up with a few questions. Yeah, for the tracer. I'll try to think. Of, I'll try to think of some. I have, I have a few things to to ask him about the Reds because our guy Tracy Jones. Well, you want to talk about somebody that was down and out, feeling sad, little puppy with his tail tucked was he between broken his a legs. Little bit? Thursday, he, he. I mean, as somebody that was. Uh, vehemently in support of the Reds winning this division by eight to ten games, maybe a month ago. Yep. He was yep. having some doubts coming off the heels of those two Cubs losses, having some doubts. You know, he also predicted the uh, the uh, David Bell ejection. He did. He was spot on. With I saw that. that. I saw that. That was that was very cool. He predicted the brawl too. That didn't happen, but he was spot on with the uh, with the David Bell ejection. Speaking of fighting, Casey, I sent this in, in, the, in the Twitter DM. There was a moment last night, Reds Daily, shout out Reds Daily, he tweeted this. And again, I, I'm not big into the, you know, if you celebrate the, the unwritten rules of baseball, I, I think there are unwritten rules, but I think that, that kind of stuff is nonsense. If you celebrate after a home run, you can celebrate after a home run despite the score. But what he did, Jazz, Jazz Chisholm hit a home run in the eighth inning last night. Walked around the bases, did a Euro step right before home plate, trailing 5-2. to two, And then he slapped Tyler Stevenson's butt as he heads the dugout. Tyler Stevenson, you could tell, was, was unhappy with it. And we could, we could see what you guys think about this. All right, play the clip. So here we go. We got two callers waiting. Euro this. step, slap on the butt. Stevenson. <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, down 5-2. Down 5-2, and he did this. We, we got three callers now. Odd move. Odd move. I, I Listen, I'm, a, I'm, I'm cool with the Euro step. I'm cool with the celebration. But to, like, tap the catcher on the butt after you do it down five, it's just strange to me. It's just insulting. Do I care? Is it a big deal? Of course not. But it is something where if I'm Tyler Stevenson, I say, I say something. I do something about it. I agree. But we'll see. All right. Uh, we do have three callers, and we're going to get to all of you by 11.30, so stick with us. Who's our first one? Who's up? What's up, gentlemen? How is that Sir Boy Wonder? There he yes, is. Yes, sir. What's going on, gentlemen? How are you feeling, Sir Boy Wonder? How was the game last night? Man, what is the deal with Jazz just some tapping our catcher on the rear end after that home run? That was stupid. I agree. Listen, I, I – I, I think it's pretty. I, I think it's pretty insulting, if I'm going to be honest. But and especially in that situation, if if they were winning, I mean, it's still dif disrespectful. But at least you can do it. You know, it's like you got, you got to prove it to me before you can talk your uh, shit. But I, I think at that scenario, that was weird. I think it was disrespectful. But whatever, teach their own. Jazz Chisholm having a down year. If that's what gets you going, go for it. You gotta fire him up. Fire him up. Gotta fire him up. Absolutely. By the way, Elliot, I just want—I was praying for you while you were in that dump called Chicago. Cause Thank you. 
Oh my god, Did that that place is like Iraq, only work. Only work. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to let you know I was praying for you, buddy. I was praying hey, for you. Sir boy, I love uh, you. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> thanks nah, for the Thanks, thanks for the call, Absolutely. sir boy. We have a couple more guys we got to get to here, so I appreciate it. And uh, next time we do the segment, make sure you call in. We'll do. All we'll right. Come. See. Ya. All right. Who's up next? Let's see here. Go ahead and ask. Uh, who do we have? Uh, this is Ryan. Ryan. Yes, sir. All right, Ryan. What do you have for us today? Um. Uh, I think we missed out on a big opportunity to get um, Justin Verlander. And I think with our, you know, the depth of our system and then paying some of the salary, it would have, I think we could have got that done. And um, it's disappointing because I really don't think we have the starting pitching to go anywhere. What would you have been willing to give up for Justin Verlander? Um, I, I mean, any of the... Middle infield prospects not named Welby Marte or uh, Arroyo. And I, think it, I don't know, Reese Hines or, you know, just throw in that's like a low A or something. I, I think it's not, it was never really a viable option for two reasons. Number one, Justin Verlander would have had to waive his no trade clause to come to Cincinnati, to come to Cincinnati which I don't think he would have done. If if the right if the right trade was available, the other part of it, Ryan, is is I don't want to have to pay twenty million dollars for a, for a rental of Justin Verlander. As much as that sounds enticing, as much as it would have helped, and it would have having Justin Verlander in, in a Reds uniform helps this franchise. It helps this city. It sells jerseys. It sells tickets. It sells hot dogs. It does a lot of good things here. But for the price that you would have had to give up, right? I don't think it would have been a viable option. From, from Nick Crawl's standpoint, it wouldn't have been a viable option from Verlander's standpoint. It just didn't seem like it was ever in the cards. But you are right. It certainly would have helped. I don't the, – the $20 million price that we pay almost nothing in, in salaries right now. So I don't see it being, you know – No, that's your tr- – that, that's that. correct. But I, I – but we, what's going to have to happen here soon is the Reds are going to have to start extending Ellie. They're going to have to ex- extend Matt McClain, Andrew Abbott. And if you start stacking that up – Eventually, it's going to matter, right? I don't think it matters. For yeah, this but those year. extensions won't come till after the Verlander contract was off the books. And he had one more year, right? It was after it was this, yes. the rest of this year and, and next year. So, but I, I just feel like because there was no other there, like you said, there weren't very, very many options out there. But I just feel like that his experience and not worrying about his innings, because all of our guys are all of our guys are going to be worn out by the time we get there. And that is true. It, the, you can see it. Yeah. In, the, in, in, the, in, the, in the bullpen right now, it's just it's taking a beating on these guys. And I don't know how sustainable that is. Probably not very. So as we, as we near the end of this season, I, I'm just it's, not it's sure. I'm just not I, – I am not convinced that the difference between the Reds winning the division and not winning the division is simply six to seven innings out of Justin Verlander every five days. I just don't. I just don't think you can convince yeah. me that that's that that single thing is the difference. Well, with the, I mean, we're only a game and a half back now. You don't think he makes that big of a difference? You don't think a couple of Luke Weaver starts or or the last few games or our wins if Orlando's pitching? Well, but that's but that's the issue. Where I think uh, up until recently, Luke Weaver has again atrocious as he's been, truly atrocious. I'd argue the worst pitcher in Major League Baseball at the moment. <laughs> I, I I think Luke Weaver 
gets wins. He he was he was ten the, and one. The, the Dreamweaver thing that was four starts together. <laughs> We've lost the last three or four. I, listen, I'm gonna try to will it back though. You are right. If if, <laughs> if he if Verlander starts on Luke Dreamweaver night, it's probably better than Luke Dreamweaver night. But at the at the at the end of the day, it just there's it didn't seem to me to be a viable option. But you are right. You are right. It would have helped. Yeah, I'm it, not it just, like disappointed about it. It was just felt like a missed opportunity. But let me ask you this: You look at last week and you see a twenty to. 10 loss, you see a 16 to 7 loss, you see 10 errors combined in a given week. Justin Verlander doesn't solve that problem. You don't, Ellie De La Cruz is striking out now at a 50% clip, it almost seems like. He's striking out twice That's a game. It. it hasn't worked in the leadoff spot. The lineup's gone, the lineup's gone cold for the most part. Justin Verlander doesn't fix all of these issues. He he does gives he gives you six innings of work, two runs, right? He get and that's every fifth day. It's it's a solid outing. But the, the rest of the team has to show up too, and I don't think Verlander was going to help that. Yeah, I, I it was selfishly too. I just want to see Verlander pitch in person for my team. I love Justin Verlander That's true too. You know, yep. as a as a baseball fan. But that's true too. All right. Well, thanks for the call, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, yep, no problem. Thank you. Do we do we have a our third caller? No, we do not. That was... uh, so I have I have some news. Here we go. This is bad news. Sad day, bad day. Oh, no. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. I'm not ready. Chad, are you ready? We got got. The Vanderbilt thing was fake. Wait, wait. The whole story? The whole story was fake. No, it's not. Yeah. I got that text, too, but I, I, I just verified it. No, no. The whole thing was fake. No, it wasn't. It can't be. Unless, they're, unless they can't play and they're going to play at, a, like, a different college. Hold on. Hold, but that guy was a real person. No, no, no. He wasn't? No. Are you serious? <laughs> Richard, no. No, we got caught. Hold on. We got Hold caught. On. We got Hold caught. on. Who texted you this information? Because uh, I got it too. So a very high up person at Vanderbilt that I know. <laughs> Richard G. West of yeah. RGW News? I, I, I went. Oh, is, that just, is that just Richard yep. G. W. News? I see it. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. I, uh, I went, I went I quite it. literally as close to the source as you could get without talking to the head coach at Vanderbilt. I, I went straight to the source. It's uh, it's fake news. Who is this guy? Who is it's, this guy? It's, it's Richard J. West. Richard G. West. <laughs> he looks so official. This is this this is disgusting news. Look at the microphone that he's holding, though. Look at the Photoshop on that microphone oh, that he's no. holding. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh. But has anybody on Twitter denied this claim? That's how. No, that's the real problem. Nobody cares about Vanderbilt to dispute this claim. <laughs> well, I guess that's if, that's the real if issue. We had Vanderbilt's quite, such a disgrace. If we had quite literally <laughs> looked at the second reply that said this is a joke, instead I went straight to the source at Vanderbilt. This sucks. And got a very very fast, very quick, very efficient. Uh, yeah, that's a joke. All right. Well, that's. I don't know how. So I we go got about, got. I don't know how about I go about. I don't know how I, I go about my day with that because that's brutal. Yeah, I mean, that's just brutal. <laughs> I was so looking forward to Hawaii flying to Nashville to have to play <laughs> at that little high school. And how about us sitting up here with a clown face saying, saying that Vanderbilt wouldn't sell out that high school stadium? I still, I don't know if they would. I don't think they would. <laughs> would you get enough parents there no. to sell that out? No. I think they might sell it out just because a lot of people would want to say that they were there at that game. I imagine I imagine what's going on at Vanderbilt is a lot like – so when I was in high school, my mom's like, all right, you got to pick a sport. 
And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do bowling. And she's like, all right, you can do that, but I'm not going to show up to a single, a single bowling match. I'm not going to show up to one if you go do that. And I'm like, all right, then I'll, I'll pick a new one. I think that's what's going on at Vanderbilt. Like people are just like, you can play for Vanderbilt, but no one's going to watch you. No one's going to care about Vanderbilt. That's where they are. So shout out Vanderbilt that a whole claim can go undisputed for a week. <laughs> and nobody will say a thing about them playing at a high school field. That's brutal. We did a whole segment on that. That's brutal. Mm. What do we think the chances are that Tom has watched this show? And, it will, and we'll have a take on Vanderbilt tomorrow. Seven. Percent? Yeah, seven percent. Okay. Maybe he watches the replay. I don't know. Are we going to do some ads, Paul? Or are you going to wait? Do you, have we been waiting for you, that? You better do the ads. We should do the ads now. Uh, Elliot, do you want to do the ads? No, it's better, it's better for you. I, I also found this out, too, uh, when I was driving home from, from Chicago. I found out that my eyes need to be checked because I was, it was, like, nighttime, and I couldn't see very far away. I couldn't see, like, anything lit up. Like, if it was, like, a neon light type of thing, I just couldn't read what was going on. So my eyes need to be checked. I'm a blind driver right now. So I can't see the board where I would be reading it. I, uh, I made a eye doctor appointment yesterday. Yeah. My eyes have gotten bad too. My there eyes, go. my eyes have gotten very bad. Uh, it's probably because I look at a screen all day, every day. But I can't even looking up there at the lines, like Nationals and Phillies. Is that minus two eighty five or is that two o five? Two eighty five, I think. Six months ago, I could read that. Yeah, I'm in a bad. We're we're both in bad way. We're both in bad ways, Paul. But both I don't wear ways. contacts or glasses right now. So if they tell me that I need something, I'm gonna be swinging from behind. You don't wear contacts or glasses? No, I'm I'm You've escaped till this point? I'm raw dogging it, baby. Oh wow. You are no, you're gonna have to. Yeah. I've rocked the glasses look for a long since sophomore year of high school. I like the glasses look, honestly. It is it is tough getting used to where like, all right, I have to make sure I don't like roll over on these glasses in bed, because they are your quite literally your eyes. So and I don't do contacts, I don't like poking things in my eyeball. But yeah. I also may have torn a glute last week when I was playing softball. So things health-wise are not good for me. But I'm, I'm, I'm back on I'm, – I'm getting the cardio in. So There we go. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Bengals report. We talked about the Bengals a little bit today. We also talked about UC with realignment. So both of those, they're brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. You can visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Also, there's a new premium alkaline water out. It's Pawnee. We love it. Pawnee water. It's made right behind us, right in the building. If, there were, if you could see us back there, throw it over here, Casey. Look at oh, that. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Pawnee water. You can read it right there. Pawnee water. Thanks, Casey. Pony water. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Casey, that's my bad. That was a bad throw. Pony water. Uh, it's p a h h n i water.com. We thank Pony. Ponywater.com. P a h h n i water.com. It's made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. It uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use, and the result is the best tasting water in the world. You can visit uh, Encore.tech to get any of your Encore uh, needs, your technology solutions. Drink Pawnee Water, get your coffee from UDF, and of course, bet with Betfred. And Encore also sponsors the greatest segment on television, and that is with our friend Tracy Jones. Tracy, Tom will be back on Thursday, but I appreciate you slumming it up with the Ham and Eggers one more time here with us. 
John Burns, the CEO of Encore, great friend of the show, great friend of mine, actually. I think I'm going to the game here in a couple weeks next homestand with John Burns, a couple guys from Encore Technology, and we're going to stay at that. We're going to we have seats. I think John has it at the Bourbon Club. Have you guys ever been there, the Bourbon Club? I have not. Where is that in the stadium? It's like in the it's in the first deck. Uh, above oh, the diamonds, where where the uh, the press box used to be, it is awesome. I'm telling you, it, I was there with Mark Stein, the general manager of Joseph Toyota, another great friend. I'm not name dropping here, sure, but the food and the view was absolutely the best. I would highly recommend the Bourbon Club. It's kind of like my food was like going to Walt's Hitching Post and having a bone-in Tracy Jones ribeye. And that's my last plug for today, for today's show. Hold on. Go ahead. Hold on. <laughs> Where's my clip from Thursday? Oh, Where's we my... got it. Yeah, we okay, uh, we we tweeted it. we we tweeted it out. Hold on, I'll pull it up right now. We uh, we tweeted it on on Thursday. You were spot on, Tracy Jones. You were spot Thank on. Thank you. Hold on. Thank you. Go we're ahead. Gonna, we're gonna get Let's it see up. That golden this is nugget. This is real-time producing. Here we go. I'm sending it to you right now, Casey. I have it right here. This is this is real-time. It is in your inbox, Casey. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be up on the screen in about 10 seconds. Uh, you were spot on. Could not have been more spot on. Maybe if they had gotten into more of a brawl. It, it, it truly was amazing. And I actually had my people do the probability of David Bell getting thrown out of that game. And the chances of him getting thrown out of that game were .0253. And I made that prediction for David Bell to get thrown out of the last game of the series against the Cubs. Are you guys impressed with my ability to see things that you people don't see? Go ahead, Casey, play the clip. Play it. So just to wrap it up, two things happened tonight. This biggest game of the year, David Bell's going to get thrown out. And if the Reds really want to change the direction, mix it up, they'll mix it up. There'll be a fight. Mark, mark it down. Make sure you got a copy of this show. All right. We had a copy of the show. David How Bell. How good was that? See ya. How good was that? I mean, these predictions that I'm making, because remember, the whole thing, why I'm on the show is I see things that you people don't see. And I've been really lucky as of late. And that is why, get this on tape now. This is big. This will actually go nationwide. I am playing the lottery for the first time tonight. The jackpot is $2 billion. I am going to win that lottery tonight. The drawing is tonight. I am going to win. I still will be on the show Thursday, even if I do win $2 billion. And I'm going to take you guys out if I win $2 billion. I might even throw you a couple of bones. And uh, I just have a feeling I'm going to win that lottery. $2 billion. I uh, I thought somebody won it the other day. I didn't realize that it was still. No. I thought somebody won the billion dollar one. I didn't realize that it still rolled over. So would you take the cash option or would you take the annuity? I would take the cash. Yeah, that's a great question. I would take the cash, but I would still probably do the show. That's how screwed up I am. I would I would do the show. I would take care of my friends and family. I'd get me a Lear jet. I'd get me some wool on the side. Even if Danae cared about it, I'd still get some wool on the side. Um, but my life probably wouldn't change that much. Would it change for you, Paulie? Uh, I don't, 
a billion dollars, I don't know if mine would change all that much. Now, Jacob was on the show. When Jacob was here, we were talking about the lottery, and he said if he won a billion dollars, he said he, you would never hear from me again. That would not be me. I would do my best, I think, to make sure that nobody knew that I won it to, a, to as best extent as I could. But I think and eventually a lot of those, you would get And a lot of those people do. I mean, they put it in an LLC and nobody really knows, at least for a period well, in of Ohio, time. Well, in Ohio, you can claim it anonymously. Yeah, well, I'm in Kentucky. I just, I'm very excited because I just get the feeling, it's kind of like the feel I have with Reds baseball, that I'm going to win that $2 billion lottery. And you know what the old saying is, the rich get richer, Paul. That, that's yeah. what's unfair for people, right? For you ham and eggers. So I, what would you do What would you do for us if you were to win the lottery? I mean, would you throw us anything? I would probably take you to a Reds game, um, outfield seats, maybe third deck. Oh, they don't have a third deck. Oh, out there, <laughs> the, out Kroger, there the, the Kroger tundra. bleachers. Out there by the Tundra. Yeah. The Toyota Tundra. Now, you know what? I probably would give you guys 100000 apiece. That's Whoa. big. I, we that's are big. all. I w I'll be honest. Was not expecting that. How about that? Yeah. I, I yeah, the whole I, thing. What I would be concerned about Casey, and his, uh, but I would have to go through some therapy. Casey, you need to get over your gambling habit, right? I'm not going to give you a hundred thousand dollars to gamble it away. You right. know, Reed's got that porno habit. That's a bad habit too. <laughs> Tom's got his drinking issues. Everyone's got their issues at Chatterbox, so we've got to get therapy before I give any of you poor bastards some money. It's fair. Elliot had a question for you, Tracy. Hi, Mr. Go Jones. Ahead, Mr. Jones, I'm a big fan of your work on and off the field. You're, you're a great person. You're a great human being. If you won the $2 billion, is there a chance you'd buy the Cincinnati Reds? You know, the way they were looking last night, I might. Elliot, I'm going to give you 250000 because you are the brains behind Chatterbox. So Thank I, you. That I means feel a like lot. You've earned it. Some of those guys have been slackers, but uh, Elliot, I'm going to give you 250. Boys, I was at the game last night. Can we serious this up? Too much joking around on the show. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Reds look good. Uh, that Friedel hit. It was Friedel that got the triple right down the right That's line. Yes. That was a huge hit. I'm telling you, boys, they were going down again, and Friedel getting that hit and driving in two was big. Uh, the hyphenator Encarnacion got the home run. And Joey Votto, let me give you some stats on Joey Votto. If he were to play 160 games, he's on pace for 52 home runs and 120 ribeye stakes. I thought that was an interesting stat because he hit a home run last night. So what, what's your take on Joey Votto playing and his value to the lineup as opposed to the platoon that, that has seemingly worked out so far to this season and Kevin Newman and Senzel and Fairchild or whoever that third might be? You know, I don't mind a platoon. I was a platoon player when I played for the Reds or Seattle. I always played against lefties and didn't play against righties. I kind of like the platoon situation. It's kind of rare that someone would like that. But I think lefties have trouble against lefties. Righties don't have so much trouble against righties, but it's lefties that have trouble against lefty. So I like that platoon because you have some people that can really, like a right-handed hitter, can really own those left-handed pitchers. And speaking of left-handed pitchers, Williamson last night, he was great. He really How about that? Was. Six and two really, thirds, just the one run, nine strikeouts, no walks. That was huge. Huge, huge game. I'm watching the first inning, right? Soler hits that fly ball to right field. 
my eyes are so bad, boys, I thought it was a pop-up to second. I really did. I was like, oh, there's a pop-up to second. That ball carried and carried and carried a home run. And I don't know if you saw Solor with, with the home run trot. He was like shaking his head. Like he couldn't believe that ball went out of the ballpark. You take away that hit, he's got a shutout for six innings. Yeah. He was excellent. Very good game. What? Uh, so Elliot's going to the game tonight. Get this, Tracy. Elliot tonight is sitting in the Diamond Club. It's my very first time, Mr. Jones. Very yeah. first time. Yeah, Elliot, you're kind of a fish out of water. It's really tough, and I like sitting with people in the Bourbon Club or the Diamond Seats because we have things to talk about. Yeah. Um, we have things in common, you know. Uh, what do you think of Apple's downturn lately in the stock market? What do you think of the Federal Reserve? Are they going to raise rates? Uh, where are you going to vacation? Turks and Caicos? I don't know what you're going to talk to people about, Elliot, sitting there in the diamond seats. What do you guys have in common? Well, nothing, Tracy. But here's the thing. You know, people like me. I, I, I joke around here with Paul. I, I think I'm, you know, for the rich, rich people think I'm like their jester, right? I'm their little <laughs> clown. I'll come around and I'll make you laugh. So I think I'm going to go down there. I'm going to make some rich people laugh. And we're going to have a good time. I, there's nothing. There, listen, there's not a single thing better than making a rich person laugh. When you're not rich, <laughs> yeah. you're just... Maybe there may be there. I, I know you experienced this, Tracy. If you're just laughing at somebody that's just maybe, you know, not up to your standards, but you're just going to laugh at them because they're a clown. That's what I'm going to be well, tonight, Tracy. I'm going to be a it, clown it, to these rich people. Just compliment rich people. They love that. Compliment their yeah. clothes. What kind of car are they Their driving? watch. Their watch. Their watch. <laughs> their watch. I'll tell you who's going to be at the game, and he just texted me, wanted to see if I wanted to go, is Richard from Indian Hill. He's going to be in that diamond seat, you oh, know, wow. with the, the wraparound sweater, the oh, khakis, yeah. you know that look. So if you see Richard, and I know you guys, he's a, a friend of the show, please say hello to Richard from Indian Hill. Is there a, is there a professional move, like in, in terms of ordering food and beer? Is there, is, there a, is there some kind of weird, rich person way I should be ordering these things? Or, you know, do I just go all in, right? I go to the buffet, I grab me whatever they got, and I just walk back to my seat. What should I do? Just do me a, a, a favor, Elliot. Yeah. Don't be scooping your hand into the potato salad. Use yeah. the spoon, please. You know, the silver, <laughs> oak, the silver oak, order that wine, and just boss the people that are serving you around. That's what rich people do. Just boss yeah. them around. Chop, chop, hurry, get me this, get me that, run them ragged, and then at the end of the day, give them a $5 tip. Okay. All right. I'll do that. Now, I'm going to be right behind Tyler Stevenson, assuming he plays tonight. What are your thoughts on Tyler Stevenson this year? Because the fan base has destroyed several people, Jonathan India being one of them, Joey Votto being one of them. I feel like the fan base has been kind of easy on Tyler Stevenson, and I'd argue he's been pretty bad at the catcher position. What are your thoughts on Tyler's play this year? You know, that's a good question because I talk, we had this subject on, on Jones and Brenneman on baseball. You know, I do the show with uh, Amanda Brenneman's husband. That's right. And we were talking about Stevenson and how he's really dropped off. I mean, the guy had a lot of value. In his defense, he's been hurt. And then something that I don't like that David Bell does is they move him around, right? Plays a little first base, he DHs, yep. he catches. If I'm not mistaken, he, he struggled last night, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. I, let me see if, if I get it right here. But, 
Yeah, Tyler Stevens just hasn't been good. He hasn't been good defensively. And I think what you're talking about, the inconsistency of where he's playing, not knowing where he's going to play on a given weekly basis, I think it hurts his value tremendously. So we'll, we'll see. I, I do. What, if I you do look too, Elliot. If you look at the bullpen right now, I still have this take, Tracy, where I look at the bullpen and I still don't trust these guys. I look at Lucas Sims walking two batters and inning. I look at Ian Jabot giving, giving up a home run a game. But if you look at their numbers, they, they've all been pretty good. Are, is there a guy on this team? Is there a guy in this in this bullpen that you look at and you're like, they've had an objectively good year, but I still don't trust you when you come out? You know who I saw last night, and, and you know we kid around a lot on this show. But one yeah. time when I really focus and really watch a game instead of always jacking around, I, I can see some things. And yeah. Sims, I think, has really good stuff. He, he throws the ball really hard, and, and and he looked pretty good last night. Here's the problem with the bullpen. What happens with a tired bullpen, it usually breaks down the first week of August. It's really kind of crazy. And, and this is something that I actually got from Marty Brenneman. Marty made the observation. He says, when you have a bullpen that's overused, the Reds have the most innings pitch of any team in the big leagues. That bullpen gets extremely tired that first week of August. And I think we've seen that, haven't we, with the bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I still think at the trading deadline, instead of adding one pitcher they could have added a couple i don't know boys do they have enough pitching to win this division it's going to be really really tough well i think you're you're now to a point in the season tracy where you have what less than 50 games left and you're kind of yeah. you're, you're you're right on the you're right on the precipice of this season right because the cubs have made their run they're back in the division race the Brewers have a game-and-a-half edge, but now it's become a three-team race, whereas we thought a month ago it was just going to be a two-team race because, for whatever reason, the Cubs just weren't able to win games. Right. They were scoring a lot of runs, but they weren't winning games consistently. Now, all of a sudden, it's a three-team race. I, I think, you know, last week, you're starting, you were starting maybe to see things catch up to the Reds that had hurt them, but they had been able to overcome you know, coming, they, all these come from behind victories, you know, all these things. Right. But, the, but, but, but the other thing that I pointed out was that the Reds had really gotten away from what made them good, stealing bases, being aggressive, put, playing on the front foot, putting their best effort forward. Instead, it felt like they were caught on their heels a lot. Now, part of that is because they weren't putting guys on base. You, you, you can't steal bases and cause throwing errors when you aren't right. on base in the first place. Ellie De La Cruz can't steal a base if he's striking out 47% of the time if he's not getting on base in a leadoff spot. But you saw that more last night. They started to get back to that. Score four runs early. They put the Marlins on their heels. Yeah, the Marlins score one more when it doesn't really matter there toward the end. Gets a little dicey in the in the ninth inning, but Alexis Diaz gets out of it. So it, it, it's really at this kind of juncture of the season where you got to – it could go one of two ways. It could still go very well, but all these bullpen issues and the, and the lack of depth on the pitching staff could also, you could see it go south pretty quickly. I know. It's going to be a really interesting last 50 games. Can you really win the division or go to the playoffs with an ERA close to five? You're ranked 26th in all of baseball. Can you do it? The bullpen is tired. Did someone say that they've had three pitchers that have pitched in 70 games or more? Is that true? And that's uh, the first time like in in, in the history of ba uh, the Reds? 70 seems like a lot. That I don't know if they have three that have pitched 70. Maybe I don't, 50. Maybe the number 50. 50. I think the number's 50. Is it 50? I think it's well, 50. Well, whatever is it is, it, 
they're throwing a lot of innings and and they're tired. And I just don't know if they have enough. Their position ball players are very good. And something that they did last night that the Marlins did not do, and that was get key hits. I mean, they had some really, really key hits, the Reds did, and the Marlins did not. Marlins left some key guys in position. What, they have second and third and no outs and didn't get a run? Yeah, yeah. And and now you have the Marlins two more times. You, you have the Pirates. This is not necessarily a challenging part of your schedule. So maybe no. you, maybe you can rack up some wins here. It's not, but either was the series against Washington, right, where they were swept. That was very disappointing. The Cubs series was disappointing. You know, I'm going to say something you guys have never heard, and you might want to mark this down and time stamp it. In baseball, it's one game at a time. Have you ever heard that saying, Paul? Uh, no, but Tracy Jones, that's why we bring you on the show. <laughs> yeah, I guess saying 70 games, that means they pitched in every single game. It's probably 50 games that they've pitched it's, three guys. I, I saw a graphic about 50 games because they were the graphic was talking about how taxing the bullpen was, which, by the way, talking about a graphic, did you see what happened to Kevin Brown, the Orioles broadcaster? Did you see all of that yesterday on social media? I watched it five times. I don't know what he said that was so bad. So did what, I. What do you see? So I mean, what what happened was that the Orioles didn't like that he was rattling off stats that painted the Orioles in a negative light. See, and and I have to I have to compliment the Reds. Think about how tough Marty has been on the Reds. He's not he's been very objective. Marty's the best, but he has given his opinion. He's never gotten trouble like that. When I used to do extra innings, there were things that I said that were pretty edgy. They never once once complained to WLW. So I really commend the organization and say, hey, listen, that's just part of the game to be a little critical of, of your organization against Tampa Bay, and yet you're going you're gonna to suspend this guy? How embarrassing for the Orioles. And I would suspend the guy who suspended the broadcaster. Well, and the other thing is, too, they did that in the open. It was the first segment of the show. It wasn't like it was, like I said earlier, it wasn't like it was a 2-1 count in the fourth inning with nobody out, and he was just, well, you know, Ben, here were the, here's how they played against the Rays last year, and now they're in first place this year, and things have turned around. That is a pre-planned, I mean, you know it, you've been in broadcasting. That's a pre-planned opening segment with a graphic, underlying music. They know what's coming up on the screen, so... How does he get in trouble just for going through the motions? I don't get it. You know, you know, I'm always so clueless about things, and I'm thinking, okay, dumbass, really listen. Are you? Is he cussing? Is he? What is he saying? And I'm watching it. I'm going. So what's the problem? There's nothing that he said that was controversial or even edgy. He's just throwing out stats. Yeah. And if you can't throw stats out, I mean. You're in trouble. It's very frustrating. So I, I stand for that broadcast, and I think he'll be back in the booth. I'll tell you the other big story that I think is – I watched this over and again. Is Anderson and Ramirez getting in that fight? Was oh, yeah. that not cool? Yeah, I'm a big believer in violence. You know, it solved a lot of my, <laughs> a lot of my issues. But, but just an observation in that. Did you see Ramirez hit Anderson? It was almost like an open fist right up here. And knock that guy down. Five minutes later, he's still staggering around the field, right? I'm thinking, talking about a glass jaw. He didn't hit him here. Like, if you had a guy here, 
you know, there's nerve endings that go to your brain. He hit him like here with an open fit, not open, but like this. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, and knocked him silly. I thought it was one of the strangest hits I've ever seen, but very cool for baseball. Did you hear Tom Hamilton's broadcast of that from the Indians, or sorry, Guardians broadcast? That was the best. Well, Wasn't what's it? crazy is he, he did that on, you know, he doesn't know that that's coming, and he just immediately went into boxer mode. It was fantastic. Yeah. He's a very good broadcaster. Very good. You, you know, I don't know. That brings up a, a little side note. Have you guys seen the slap contest where you slap the person in the face? Have you seen that? Where it's, it's kind of like a competitive thing to see oh, if yeah. you can't knock them out. That's what it kind of reminded me of. I, I just cannot believe that Dana White would be you know, the head of the UFC be behind of this whole slap com contest. What about the CTE on that? I mean, don't you worry about that? That to me, just an observation, that seems like a lawsuit, you know, two or three years down the road. I, I just, I'm watching that sport. I just feel it's so violent. This sounds like a little it's bit crazy. of project. This sounds like a little bit of projection, Tracy. It sounds like you want to slap somebody. You know what? I could never do that to someone. I couldn't have a clean shot and hit someone in the face. I mean, they've got girls doing it. They've got big old guys doing it. Think about the brain. On a serious note, think about the brain damage for these guys. It looks painful. I mean, it looks really bad. It looks bad. It's really bad. One, yeah. one other, one other question for you, Tracy. I know we're we're running short on time here, but uh, isn't your bobblehead night coming up soon? It is the sixteenth. Everybody's 16th. talking about it. It's Wednesday the sixteenth. How many tickets can if I run four tickets? Will you guys make it? Are we are planning we, on going? Okay, here's the deal. Uh, the you Florence Yalls. Bobblehead, Wednesday, August 16th. I'll run four tickets to you guys Wait, and, it, and some bobbleheads. The 16th is a Tuesday. Is it a is it a Tuesday or is it a Wednesday? Oh wait, no. Hold on. Was, maybe they maybe they have their schedule. 16th on. is Wednesday. It is. I was looking at the wrong I was looking at the wrong. Yes, it is 16th is a Wednesday. Yes, they're playing Evansville. Okay, here here's the deal. They've provided me with a suite, food and drink. So I will drop off four tickets for you guys with a couple of bobbleheads. But can I just say this? I don't want to see uh, those bobbleheads on eBay. I don't want to see you guys funding, you know, your wedding or your kid's college education. Please, I want you to put that bobblehead in a very nice place in your home, if you could do that for me. Okay. We can do that prominently, yeah. prominently placed right on the top of the mantle. Just for you. Yeah, I want to see it in Casey's bedroom. Mm. <laughs> I'll have him over. So, when, so, so when Casey and his wife wake up in the morning, that's the first thing they see. Yeah, that's good. Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy, can I can I get a little action? Can I see a little, what it looks like? A little, a little, little preview. Yeah, what, what's preview? the preview? I'll preview the box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> got my sunglasses on. It's kind of cool. You guys have seen it, right? Oh, geez, I gave it away. You gave it you away? It, right? Come on, let's see it again. Let's see it. We haven't seen it in a, in a little while. Let's see it again. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. That's all right. Hold on. Here we go. Nicely packaged. Wow. 
Look at that. Oh, with the glasses. And here's too. my bat. Here's my bat. Okay, you get it. Bat goes on like that. <laughs> we need that's, one. That's we, no bat. It's... We need one over here for the Chatterbox desk. We need we need to add the bobblehead. It'd be right next to okay, so our, all our guys. Is four tickets enough for you boys? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you guys, we'll get a bobblehead. You can stay up in the suite with me. Um, We're there. Yeah, it's going to be. Here it is. There it is. We're there. Is this your first bobblehead, Mr. Jones? Elliot, what did I tell you to call me? Tracy. No. 29. Mr. 29? Is that Mr. 29? Mr. 29. Mr. 29. Mr. 2-9. You see that? Yeah, I do. That's very cool. Yeah, boys, I will bring four tickets for you. Even okay. though I'm going to win the lottery tonight, $2 billion, I'm going to be on the show Thursday, and I'm going to bring you tickets for next week. Four tickets to Tracy Jones' bobblehead at the y'all game. You Orange got it. Y'alls. All right, Tracy, thank you very much. And uh, Tom is going to be back on Thursday, so the show will get back on track. Don't care. I'll see you, boys. I'm going to win $2 billion. <laughs> see you, boys. <laughs> Uh, Casey, uh, let's run the cherry on top here. Okay. So who wants to pitch it? Let's just let it play. Let's just let it play. It was a tough one, but we're back, and that's all that matters. We're home. I got to leave Chicago, and now I'm home in Hamilton. I just saw a guy next to me walk around the street with another lawnmower, but we're here. It's good to be home. Elliot, thank you for being back today. Uh, we are glad to have you back, and we are also happy to have Tom back tomorrow. Before, before we go, yes. I sent – Casey, did you get the thing I texted you? Oh, here you we go. Me something else? I texted you the 100-yard dash thing. Oh, oh yeah. Let's yeah. go. This is going to be an electric way. If we want to do this instead of the wheel, let's do a wheel of lunch, but it's just this. 
This is the most fun thing I've ever done. We did it last night for my fantasy football uh, draft order. Okay. So it's basically the wheel. It's just an automated race. And, but all the names, so they go to, like, football players, and they just run across the field, 100-yard dash. It's pretty nifty. It's oh. a pretty nifty thing here. So we can do a wheel of lunch to end the show, I thought. That would be fun. Okay, let's go. Uh, we probably teams. want, what, six? Let's, no, let's do, let's do the mo Let's do more. Ten. Do, is there a ten? Ten? Let's do ten. Okay. Okay. And then you just plug them all in. All right, well, Chipotle. Chipotle. Can't put Chipotle in lane one. No, you can. You can. You can put them wherever. It's All right, Chipotle then. Chipotle then. <laughs> in case you retype that. Uh, Sonic. Uh, what is Firehouse? Sure. Skyline. Uh, what else do we have? Um, Wing Stop. Oh, man, dude. Canes. Throw Canes on there. Jordan says Wendy's. I like Wendy's. I could do Wendy's today. McDonald's. I'm going to put Taco Bell up there. Man, we haven't had Taco Bell in forever. Let's go to Taco Bell. All right. Let's run the race. Press the shuffle button. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. So that's why. All right. Uh, that I don't think matters, right? No. Yeah, just you're good. Whoa. And then you, uh, uh, normal, you're good. So then hit the arrow again. All right. So I think we just, you hit start. Yeah. And then you hit start rush. Here we go. Here oh, we go. This is, this is electric. This is electric. I can't read the screen. Oh my God. Skyline out. I can't read the screen. Hang on. Hang on. I need glasses. No, it's Here okay. we go. People at home can read it. That's all that matters. Oh. Skyline out ahead. Who, who's in the middle? Who's uh, Sky, Skyline? Skyline. Yeah, this, Sky this is like a real-time rosy red, Mr. Red yeah, it dapper is. thing. Yeah, it is. Who's going to get hit by the – or stopped at the stoplight? Yes. <laughs> it looks like Taco Bell is going to take the lead. Who's in lane one? Is that Canes? Canes. Chipotle. Oh, Chipotle is up the – Chipotle is up the gap. Oh, here we go. I need Chipotle up here. Man, lagging my – I have a bad feeling – Canes. About who's in the back right now. Skyline is just motoring. Canes, uh, Canes in lane one. The Jersey or, Canes is the, Where is Chipotle? We wanted Chipotle. Chipotle. Oh, Chipotle's lagging. Where's Chipotle? Chipotle's at? got no shot. Oh, I see it. Chipotle. Oh no, no, no! Wait, Chipotle. Chipotle. Come on, Chipotle. Come on. Chipotle. No, lane one. Chipotle. Canes. No, no, Chipotle's geez. still coming though. Chipotle. I need Canes to slow down. Canes is going to win. Canes is going to win. Canes is going to win. Oh, Skyline. No, Skyline. Canes. 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 Now, isn't that electric? That was awesome. That was so much better than the wheel. I agree. I think that's the most. Casey, what are your thoughts on that? You're a football guy. This is the most football. I love this. I love this. This is fantastic. Yeah, that was so much better than the wheel. So much better. Have you guys never seen this before? No, never seen it. Oh, that's electric, dude. Who's coming in last? Jersey Mike's or Wendy's? Uh, Wendy's. probably Wendy's. It's close. Chipotle it's was close. third. That was incredible. Good stuff. All right, everybody. Uh, I just want to say sincerely thank you to each and everybody, each and every one of you that has listened for the last two weeks and has stuck with us. We still have about 150 people in here. Um, the last two weeks, obviously, Tom hasn't been here. He's not going to be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. 
but we will have him back tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. I know everybody's been clamoring for him to come back. This is Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, but you guys have been great troopers hanging out with me, with Elliot, with Casey, with Reed, with all of us that have been in here. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Casey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You did a great job on Friday, Casey. Thank you. I'd like to say, too, what people don't realize is how much work Casey has to do over there when he's, when he's, when he's monitoring, producing the show. He has to take all these calls. He's got to do on a whim. When I text him something random during the show, he's got to go put it on the computer. Casey is the leader of this show. He is the moral leader. He is the actual leader. Casey, Casey, you deserve a medal because you, you run this show. You are this show. I do agree with that because the and show— Paul is lacking. Well, we knew that already. Casey, thank you. But thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, this has been Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We will see you tomorrow, back to normal, 10A, right here from Hamilton. Thanks for watching, everybody.